Greetings, friends. Here's Bill. I am Daniel. We are here on the Tardy Day Party to bring you movies from the past that took place in the past when it was the past. Movies from the past that are in the past, but it, we watch them in the present, looking forward to the future when other people will look forward into the future of movies from the past. Yeah, I don't think people are legally allowed to do a podcast about Plan 9 from Outer Space without doing a whole Chris Well introduction. <laughs> oh my god. I don't think I used one word enough times, though. Yeah. The future, the past, the, the future where we spend all our lives. So mm-hmm. what's... This is your pick. This is... Mm-hmm. Is this the last uh, entry for All April? Mm-hmm. Is this how we're wrapping it up? Man, what a way to go out. This is this is the, the Death Star explosion. Oh yeah, the granddaddy of all. This is far. This is most. Have we actually said what we're gonna do? It's Edward's Plan Nine from Outer Space. From what? 1959, I think. Maybe. Uh, yeah, Plan Nine from Outer Space, which is a movie that, at least when it was big, like in the late 80s and early 90s, was posited as the worst movie ever made. If you've ever seen more than 50 movies in your whole life, you'll know that's not necessarily the truth. It is by no means a good movie. It is yes. not even a uh, capable movie. It's obviously no. very amateurish. But if you've seen like an episode of Hat and a Half of Mystery Science Theater 3000, or like just look to see if the free movies on YouTube, <laughs> you'll mm-hmm. see there have been... Even just in ever since Egypt, even just the invention of YouTube, there have been a thousand movies that are oh, well, far worse made of course. than Mr. Than, than Planet Night from Outer Space. Planet Night from Outer Space would, is bullshit, but yeah, I would say uh, Samurai Cop is as equally as poorly made as this. Kinda, because sets change from like shot to shot. Yeah, the dialogue is weird and stunted and. People can't act. So uh, that was going to be my first question. Do you think we've done a movie worse than than that? That, that is like pretty much objectively worse than Plan Nine from Outer Space, just from a technical perspective. Um, technical. Is this still a better film than Victor Victoria? I'd watch this again. I would never watch Victor Victoria. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah, Plan Nine from Outer Space. It's not even the worst movie we've ever covered. Uh, I would actually. I would still <laughs> rather watch Samurai Cop over this. But it's still pretty, you know, it's still pretty good, you know, but, you know. I've seen... So, have you seen much in the way of Edward movies before? No. No. Have you seen Bride of the Monster? Because that is a Mystery Science Theater 3000. I'm sure I've watched the the Mystery Science, but you don't watch the movie. Yeah, exactly. Mystery Science Theater. Um, so this is the first time you've watched any of his movies, just, just, like, just sat down and watched an Edward movie. Correct. I I feel so bad for you, because they are so terrible. (laughs) No, no, I shouldn't say that like, oh, I feel so bad for you. You've missed out on so much laughable moments. Edward's videography, filmography, is a sad wasteland of just depressing. A lot of people, I, I, I first started watching Ed Wood movies in the late 80s when there mm-hmm. was a kind of rising upswell. Kind of like in conjunction with with Mystery Science Theater 3000 and, and other stuff where there was, yeah, the rising tide of ironic bad film appreciation. Uh, that, like, yeah, was exacerbated by Mystery Science Theater 3000 and other stuff like that. And, of course, Ed Wood stuff was at the forefront of that. And that became popular enough that, you know, Tim Burton made a whole movie called Ed Wood about this stuff. And... Whoa, that's about the same guy? <sighs> yeah. 
Oh, I was no. about to say there's only know? so many people named Ed Wood, but he was an Ed Wood Jr. So there's at least two people in yeah. history named Ed Wood. Um, you were going to say? Oh, uh, hold on. I got to double check something. Keep talking. Oh, you got nuts? Oh, you got baby exploding? Oh, no. If you search, no, no, no. If you search for Ed Wood on Google and the little on the right hand side, uh -huh. when it pops up like his bio, mm -hmm. I want you to search that, Bill, and tell me what's wrong with that image. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Ed Wood. It should be glaringly apparent. Oh no! <laughs> oh <laughs> no! A couple times over. So it's Ed Wood, but it's Johnny Depp as Ed Wood. Yeah. Come I mean, on, they, guys. They have some of his actual photos, but <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking Johnny Depp as Ed Wood. And it's not even just the post. I mean, I guess people could. Ass I, mean, I guess Google might just assume you're looking for the movie more than the man, and that's why we can't. No, up. because it's it's under his bio, oh, Ed Wood, American filmmaker. Yes. Ah, oh, Jesus Christ. Oh yeah, just this. <laughs> oh, hmm. That's terrible. Yeah. Because as much, I I still think Ed Wood, the movie is one of the best things uh, Tim Burton ever did. But Probably, it is it might be not. His best. It plays fast and loose yeah. with the life of Ed Wood. It's yeah. very streamlined and, and yeah, yeah. Um, there's a book called The Nightmare of Ecstasy, which is a book that came out in the '80s, which I read before there was a before Ed Wood became super, super, super fashionable to laugh at. And that is an amazing book. It's not just. It's not like a prose biography. It's a, an oral history book. So it's. The, the whoever wrote the book just talking to all the people who survived the miserable souls who survived this ordeal of mm. that was the career of Edward and so you know it's 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 just like all oral histories where you have people with conflicting accounts of the making of all of his movies and stuff but like the the, the author spends a lot of time talking to his wife and stuff and the depressing thing is it's not just about uh, his life and his movies but a lot of it's about where he wound up and how he died. And how Plan 9 was kind of like his last swing at the fences for artistic credibility. And because he spent what little money he had, uh, and what little credibility he had on Plan 9. Uh, mm -hmm. And of course, did not get any return on that investment. Uh, he just wound up sh shooting kind of like really basement dwelling, kind of like super shitty like sexploitation uh, yeah. like, softcore porn movies and stuff like that, and I think he died, like, in the mid to late 70s, like, completely penniless. I think he and his wife got evicted from the, their apartment in Hollywood, and they were crashing at a friend's place, and he wound up dying of a heart attack. Like, it, like, he was just, like, in a boxer shorts on his tank top, and I, like, his, his wife had this, I, I don't know why this, whenever I think about Ed Wood, I think about this little passage at the end of the book where, uh, his wife talks about how the last time she ever saw him in the flesh was when the cops were stuffing his body into a garbage bag because they ran out mm. of body bags and they had mm. to haul it out to the corner. Not, you know, they obviously put like the, the, the garbage bag with Ed Wood in it into a, like a police van. It's not like they just put him out to the garbage, get picked up with the garbage. But just the fact that like even in death, he just wound up in a garbage bag on the side of the road. And it's yeah. just like, man, if that is not, like, the perfect summation for that poor motherfucker's life. So yeah, it's hard... A... Yeah. Go ahead, keep going. No, I was just gonna say, so it's hard for me... You know, it's it's fun to poke fun at, at Plan 9 from Outer Space and his individual works and, and and kind of his whole body work in general, but there's a real sense of, like, man, that's kind of... Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No me gusta. Uh... I've recommended his podcast to you before, but Dana Gould talks has talked about Ed Wood and like oh yeah, the that's right, and yeah. stories and stuff. And 
he was actually like really good friends friends with uh vampira uh dana gold yeah oh okay he, be oh, he, well, so then he he's friended her shortly before her death okay so you probably know more about this shit than i do because i i just read that one book night no because i don't remember but... <laughs> but no but you know what i mean in terms of like you, you've heard you probably know, a lot you... of the same stories i have then yeah just... you listen to podcasts and it's not like you retain any of that information yeah well that's the whole point of podcasts it's we just don't, supposed to mindlessly even... fluff your ears while you're doing something else and then all that information falls out of your head you don't even retain the informations on your own podcast though this is true. Man, I like the idea that as we're making a podcast, we're labeling podcasts. They're like, if you get a package from Amazon, uh, podcasts are just the air bubble packing material that just keeps everything else from everything that's important from falling yeah, apart. They, they pretty much are. They're what so that's what podcasts to do to your, your time. Busy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so thank you for everyone <laughs> listening to our, our podcast packing material podcast. As mm -hmm. which we're talking about Play Night from Outer Space. So yeah, what got you thinking about what 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 caused you to choose this as our last project for awful April 2018? Uh, it was, I mean, it's kind of the big granddaddy of it all, and it's always been there, and I've always kind of wanted to watch it. And all the other movies that we were talking about had some real chances just to make us go out with a fart and a whimper yeah i can't remember what else we were talking about but nothing else really did you keep bringing like... up food fight and that's a no thank <laughs> oh, you i'm just saying if you want to talk about like shitty movies that are like known to be shitty movies <laughs> yeah I mean, of course again like even by that criteria plan nine is even the better choice because that is yeah that, that is the slam dunk we were looking at some shitty cartoons. Yeah, not a lot all of, of them stuff. Out, like a lot of heavy metal metal knockoffs that people were making in rock the and roll and we were talking about and a couple yeah. things like that but yeah. Just a lot of garbage. I mean, Play 9 doesn't quite fit the same 80s crime and caper mold that, you know, Bulletproof and Samurai Cop and yeah. Miami Connection are oh, part no. of. But it's still a good pick. It's it, Yeah, yeah I, I, and I started watching it, and I got about 15 minutes in, and I was like, ah, this is fluffy enough. It's fine. <laughs> okay, yeah. And there's I mean, there's a slow about. middle <laughs> Play 9 from Outer Space, but the whole movie I does kind of be... I didn't notice. Yeah. It, it does kind of remain consistently bonkers, though, in terms of, like, continuity errors and things like that. There's always yeah. something to look out for that's going wrong. Yeah, I have a film. lot. I have a lot of questions regarding this plot. God, and that's that's. I saw this movie a whole bunch of times as a kid. I've seen Plan Nine on the big screen like a couple times in late eight, late eighties mm. and early nineties. And so this is, but I haven't seen it since then. It's been like twenty five years since I've seen this movie. Mm. And so it's like a real blast from the past for me because I'm like, oh man, especially since then, I've only really seen Plan Nine in bits and pieces. It like recreated in the Ed Wood movie. And so it's kind of yeah. a weird extra of Blast from the Past to be going back to the source like 25 years after the fact and like seeing a version of Chriswell that's not the child molester from Beetlejuice. But <laughs> Well, um, yeah, I've seen Ed Wood a bunch of times. I haven't seen it in like probably over yeah. 10, 15 years, but I watched it a bunch when it first came out on probably probably VHS at the time. And mm -hmm. It was a yeah, goddamn so I had movie. seen scene from this movie. Yeah, I, I tried <laughs> but... to come up with some notes for the making of this movie, and my only note is just like, vague gesture to the movie Ed Wood. Go rent that if you need to know how this movie was made. Because again, Ed Wood's not like, they streamlined and, you know, like, it's not, it's not a perfect recreation. But if you want, like, Ed Wood is a really good, uh, even if the minor details are incorrect in terms of the timeline and who knew what, when, 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 and where in the making of those movies. But spiritually, like, the heart of the matter, they really get to, it's, 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 it's a pretty good representation of that Nightmare of Ecstasy book I was talking about, so. Yeah. Um, and it makes it all kind of fun and entertaining. And but they still kind of keep the same sense of pathos at the end. <laughs> like they, they, mm -hmm. the Edward movie did a really good job of like trying to 
ring at least a little bit of a happy Hollywood ending out of a situation where, like, the, really the last scene you see in Ed Wood was the last real time he was actually happy in real life, where he's, like, at, at the premiere of Plan 9, everyone seemed to be digging it, he's like, yes, this is gonna be the one that's gonna, the, gonna make me a uh, part of history, and the little did he know that was the, uh, the highest heights his life would ever achieve, and everything else would be downhill from there, but... Yeah. Yeah, man, life sucks <laughs> that way. I feel bad for Edward. And even then, watching the Mystery Science Theater 3000 episode of Bride of the Monster after watching Ed Wood, there are jokes about him being a transvestite, which he wasn't a transvestite. He just liked to wear women's underwear. There's a, diff a huge difference, but, like, their jokes are so mean. <laughs> like, after you've seen Ed Wood, it's just like, come on, guys, like well, up I a mean, little bit. To be fair to them, they probably had to watch the movie, like, 30 times yeah, to and if you had to, yeah, the it, stuff out. They probably... Yeah. Well, it's funny, too, because I know Jonah Ray Rodriguez, the host of the new Mystery Science Theater 3000, I know that's his favorite film. And mm -hmm. so I wonder sometimes if you watch his Bride of the Monster, too, I wonder if it kind of reacts to that, because he loves Ed Wood, too. But, uh, the movie. I'm sure he loves the guy, too. But Anyway. Monkey Pants. Anyway. Monkey Pants. I guess we should actually start talking about the movie. Dun-dun-dun. Bum-bum-bum. I and think that's... The guy with... That's the credit... Oh, no. Sorry. What's... What's it? What's it? Who? What? Huh? What? Well, the movie starts with a man with a very uh, stylish, wavy hair yeah. staring at the camera, just monologuing to you. And again, I, this I, this is weird because he should be the child molester way. from Howard the Duck, but he's not. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. It's Chriswell. He's predicting. Yep. Greetings, my friends. We are all interested in the future, for that is where you and I are going to spend the rest of our lives. And remember, my friend, future events such as these will affect you in the future. It's fucking... And right there, it's just like too many times using the word future. Well, that's really... I mean, that's kind of like Ed Wood's dialogue writing style. And In a nutshell, as. where it's like circular logic and just repeating the same things over and over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Says some other shit. The, the incidents, the places, my friend. We cannot keep a secret any longer. Let us punish the guilty. Let us reward the innocent. <laughs> my friend, can your heart stand the shocking facts about Grey Brabus from outer space? Boom, boom, right. boom. Yeah. I'm not sure who the innocent and guilty are in this movie, but we'll get to all that. You know what? I thought there were more people who die in this movie, but you've really only got two people who actually die in this movie. Well, aside from the two villains who die in like the last 30 seconds, but no. there's not. This movie doesn't really have are that much villains? of a body count. Ah! We'll talk about that. I mean, the movie kind of posits them as being secret the heroes that that our heroes are too stupid to appreciate, but. Yeah, yeah, um, and I, man, I, again, I'm not gonna try to bring up Ed Wood, the movie, at every, uh, goddamn, uh, uh, point in this film. Uh, but I do love how the introduction of the Ed Wood movie takes this speech, and it has, what's his face? Not my, my, my not the child molester guy. They, <laughs> re they, they take most of the text from this opening and, and, and kind of twist it around, so, uh, it's all about, uh, they're essentially using the same language to talk about the twisted history of Ed Wood the person. You know, about mm. based on the secret testimony of the miserable souls who survived this terrifying ordeal, but talking yeah. about the production of Plan 9, which, you know, that, that's, that's clever and funny, and that's a good way to start mm. that movie, but that's, you get to see where all that came from here. And yeah. then there's a big Thunder, title screen. Thunder, lightning, gravestones yeah. with names on them. I, and it's Plan, 
Plan nine from outer space. This burr, burr, burr. movie had like a budget of two dollars, but they spent some money on the credit. Like the the mm -hmm. artwork for this tombstone credits actually looks pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. All things considered. Oh. Written, produced, directed by Edward D. Wood Jr. I always like how his credit is like floating in outer space. Everything else is in the tombstone, but like, which is extra for some reason that seems totally suitable for Ed Wood that he would be the one guy floating in space away from everyone else. Yeah. Yep. And then we see a uh, gravesite, kinda. <laughs> it's in someone's backyard. <laughs> okay. Uh, Bella Lugosi's yeah. <laughs> wife is dead. Yeah. She, he's very sad. It's funny. A yeah. And a couple. A couple of grave diggers look on at the and the voiceover drones on and on about how he's sad. Droning. That is sad. a good term for this entire movie is just <laughs> droning. Yeah. And then everybody leaves the two giant piles of dirt that are piled yeah, up on the ground. That I guess they're supposed to be two miniature graves where she cut in half by a magician. I'm assuming that like they couldn't film in an actual cemetery, so they just found a clearing in the woods somewhere, and so they found, like, an this already is... existing, like, no, half, it's... like, corroded it's... tombstone, and, like, there's two piles of, like, rubble. I'm guessing it's probably behind Bella's house. <laughs> That's entirely possible, because like, they obviously filmed everything in this movie within, like, 100 feet of each other. Aside yeah. from the studio stuff, all the location stuff was it was within, like, the same, like, 50-square-foot plot of land. Mm -hmm. But yeah, this is, yeah, welcome to the, like, only 30 seconds of footage you'll see of Bella Lugosi. Uh, well, this is like 30 seconds of the two minutes of actual footage of Bela Lugosi yeah. that they managed to squeeze in. This and movie. everybody leaves the dirt, and the grave diggers go to do their. I, it looked like she was already buried. What are they doing? Are they digging her back up? <laughs> That's I. You would hope so. I mean, you, I love. <laughs> we did a really shit job over there, Larry. Well, we should totally do that. I've been at a couple cut-rate funerals, and even then, they still have some kind of, like, you know, the grain plastic velvet there, or something mm -hmm. that, you know, for, like, for everyone is standing by the side of the grave to stand on. Like, the, 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 yeah, the, the mortars are just standing in a couple piles of rubble, and mm -hmm. <laughs> presumably the the exposed was, body is in the was dirt. Was Bella Lugosa's wife a, a house, a miniature house that they knocked <laughs> over? <laughs> Who knows, yeah. You know, I totally forgot that Vampire is supposed to be his wife. I, yeah. I remember that she was in this movie, but I forgot that she... So, what? I just wanted a prequel to Plan 9. That it, Like, how did they meet? Mm. Like, what did... I mean, they were both goth people. I mean, I could see them get along, but, like... She's, like, yeah. 28, and he's, like, 92. <laughs> like, what was going on there? I would, love to, I would love to think that they were super, like... He was her super, like, Adam's Family sugar daddy or something like that. Sounds oh, like that'd that. be great if you found out they were actually distant members of the Adam's Family, and so... He's super bummed because they were just about to go back to the Adams Family reunion in like mm. 1959, but like she died, so he's actually just go. Oh. Yeah. Anyway. And then the voiceover lets us know that shit's about to get strange. And maybe it's talking about this quote unquote plane that we are about to go to, <laughs> which is just a doorway with a curtain. The shower and curtain. A couple. A couple half circles for steering wheels made out of plywood. <sighs> I spent and an all old weekend. phone for a, a, a radio that they talk. Oh to. yeah, that you're actually correct. Yeah, one guy's got like a microphone duct taped to his chest, mm -hmm. like a big 1930s. What the? I mean, maybe that is the one actual correct thing. Ah, this whole, this is. <laughs> well, I spent all weekend building Nintendo Labo, so mm. I spent all weekend dealing with cardboard, so I could recognize the cardboard. Uh. 
uh, pilot instrumentation that they're using to f- fly the quote-unquote ship. It's just like a cardboard See, box now, on a stick that they're just waving back yeah, and forth. Instrumentation makes it sound like there's more than just a 2x4 with some cardboard taped to it. That's what is it is, yeah. It's is. essentially just a shoebox uh, taped to a 4x4 that's resting in each pilot's lap. And that's yeah. it. And they're just kind of wiggling around to pretend that they're piloting. There's no, like, pilot's yoke or anything like that. It's great. Mm-hmm. It's and... so realistic. I thought I, w- I forgot I was watching the movie. And of course, not again, not to keep on going back to the Edward movie, but uh, thinking the set totally reminds me of that scene where the the main character, the guy playing the main actor in, the, in Plan 9, shows up and he's like, hey, where's the pilot's uh, cabin, cabin set? And as he's saying that, they actually put the set together around him, so when he turns around, the set's suddenly there, because it is just, you know, like, just like, it's like a lawn chair and a, a shower curtain, and that's the whole pilot's thing, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Uh, they, they they radio the tower, but oh man, someone waves a light at them and they see a flying saucer and react with all the shock and awe one would expect from somebody seeing a car inside a garage. Yeah. Wow, would you look at that? There's no attempt to move the what light around to suggest that, that like... They're moving through space. I mean, there's kind of a spotlight that you could actually, in some prints of the film, you could actually see the side of the spotlight itself that's being nice. shown onto the actors. And mm. then, of course, they look out the window, and there's just a hubcap floating on a <laughs> on a fishing line in mm. front of a totally mobile painted ba- sky background. And I guess that is the alien that has just buzzed their craft. Yeah, yeah. And it, it lands in a graveyard, I guess. This is this is the start of the whole movie again, taking place within a hundred square feet. And like, I guess the only time the aliens buzz this guy's airplane is when he happens to be flying over his own house because it's located mm-hmm. right next to the cemetery that they're hell bent on doing these experiments on. I guess. Mm-hmm. But yeah, mm-hmm. and the it cuts. To, yeah, the grave diggers are still, I guess, trying to bury a vampire. I guess. Uh huh. They they remark on how they might have heard a sound. And that they don't like sounds. But whatever the sound was, it is gone now. It and is... they should be gone too. So they start to leave during the daytime. But we see Vampira at nighttime on a <laughs> shitty set. And they scream, scene yeah, over. Because the grave diggers in the graveyard, that's one of the few bits of actual location shooting in the film. And then they cut over, look over to vampires just sitting there. Obviously, this is the famous cardboard set from the Ed Wood movie. That she's mm-hmm. obviously just on a soundstage with like a black velvet background with like two twigs representing quote unquote trees and the big cardboard um, mausoleum that's going to be kind of the centerpiece of that set soon. Yeah, she's just kind of yeah. standing there just like. Like, she just barely moves in this movie. She kind of just walks out from behind the mausoleum and kind of j- uh, gestures at them from. No, there's no. Mu- well, does she show up in the mausoleum yet? I think she's no, just, she's just the walking twigs. right. Yeah, no, she's not coming out of the mausoleum. She's just walking outside of it. But they, yeah. like, the movie does nothing to really suggest that, like, they're in the same place. It seems like you're just cutting to an entirely different movie when it cuts to Vampira. And she then... didn't do anything in this movie? No, you know, that's why at the, the end of my note, like, not that Tor Johnson does a whole lot, but she literally does not, she attends her own dead husband's funeral, despite mm. that she's already dead herself, that is literally the only thing she does in this film. Okay. Yeah. That's what I thought. And then, <laughs> She doesn't uh... kill anyone, she doesn't even really, I mean, I guess, no. I guess you could assume that she kills these two grave, you know what's weird, that the, the grave diggers never come back to life. Yeah. Because those are the only two people in the whole movie that die. I guess she does kill the gravediggers. I just realized. Yeah. It's funny that we're talking about how she doesn't do anything, but I guess... But, yeah, then why did the aliens not bring back the gravediggers? That's weird. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So then we see Bella goes. He's leaving his house. He's very sad. Their home was now a tomb. 
And he picks up a flower and smells it. Yeah. And the ever beautiful flower she had painted with her own hand. Or planted, not painted, but... Yeah. You know, he could have said painted, it would have made just about sense. Became nothing more than the lost roses of her cheeks. What? Yeah. Well, also the sky is just a covering for her dead body. And it's yeah. funny, I was sitting there like, again, I'm watching this movie thinking... Oh man, it's so sad when an old couple, like, you know, the, the, the one half dies and the other one's not long for this world. Totally forgetting that he's talking about Vampyra. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, again, what kind of home... Uh, you know, it's funny, uh, this is actually them shooting outside of... I guess they were shooting this footage for, like, another project that Edward was hoping to make with uh, Bela Lugosi. And, of course, Bela Lugosi just died, like, not too soon after they finished... Uh, uh, filming this, and I guess Bela Lugosi just having fun with Dracula's cape yeah. <laughs> in the woods that they milk for the rest of this movie. But, mm -hmm. like, I just, I totally forgot how abrupt the shit in the beginning, like, the first ten minutes of this movie, like, Bela smelling the flower, walking off camera, and despite the fact that you can see still, his still see a shadow there, so he was obviously not well, really moved far off camera, you just hear Confused by his great yeah. loss, the old man <laughs> left that home, never to return again. He walks slightly off the screen, yeah. a car is heard screeching, he yelps, and I guess he's dead now. Well, quote-unquote he, it's obviously like, just like, someone else screaming that's supposed to be him, because it almost sounds like a woman or something, they're like, Aah! It's obviously, that's obviously not Bela Lugosi. And then you hear a thump, and the sound edit, like, all the music and everything you've heard just heard cuts to a dead stop, and suddenly there's stock footage of an old 40s ambulance driving through the highway. Mm -hmm. And just the abrupt change of scenes in this movie, and again, in the first ten minutes of this movie, where it, it's like you're watching four different movies happening at the same time. And with the only thing kind of vaguely patching everything over is the narration. And of course, the narration itself barely makes any sense because it's just droning gibberish. Mm -hmm. And man, I fucking... Oh, <laughs> this, this is... It's delicious. Are, it's nuts. You already sound exhausted. The, I Like I said, this for 10 minutes... You know what? You never yet... No one ever really has to see the all of Plan 9 from Outer Space. Just watch the first 10 minutes and you get yeah. the gist of the whole rest of the film. The whole rest of the film is just the first 10 minutes in terms of pacing and nonsensical uh, plotting, just repeated for the next hour and a half. And that, but yeah, that first 10 minutes is a perfect... Oh my god. Oh yeah, and then you gotta... Mm -hmm. oh, they were then then come back to the cardboard cemetery. At, at his funeral, which apparently is being held inside a clown car of a mausoleum. <laughs> a so. very, a very, very wee mausoleum. A very wee mausoleum that is obviously just cardboard! They didn't even try! It's got like these little jagged sawtooth bits on the top that are obviously just cut out like foam core. And yeah. like, whenever anyone touches the mausoleum, it's just shimmies and shakes. It's, it's like they're in Mr. Rogers' neighborhood, and there's like this creaky wooden door that's just on hinges. It's not like a stone door or anything like that. It's yeah. it's such a high school play. It's fantastic. And of course, I love that the guy comes out. And he's like, well, we better get home. It's going to be dark soon. Well, it's pitch black already on this night set that they've built. Yeah. Yeah, Buddy Hackett comes wandering out <laughs> yeah, he's with him his wife. <laughs> oh, my God. And they, she says, fast his wife. Now he. Now he? Now he? I mean, you know how to talk, right? That's, that's, that's you know not what? English. I wonder if like all the other all the other movies we've watched where people don't talk like human beings, yeah. it's because the people who wrote it weren't English, but Ed Wood was English. He should know better. You know what? I think Ed Wood was born about 
40 years too late. Because if he were working in the silent film industry, he would have been okay. Mm. But he, I think he has kind of a silent film mentality. He has very specific imagery that he wants to hit. But he's so terrible at writing dialogue. Like, all the interstitial scenes where he has, just has to come up with, like, characters just making small talk to each other, it's fucking crazy. Like, yeah. the logic of the how the conversations in these movies work. Um, and this is, yeah, like, and then the, also the narration stuff. That he's forced to use narration, because if you just watch, this mo- like, watch his movies without narration, if you're just going by what you're seeing on the screen, none of it makes any sense. So he needs narration. And again, mm-hmm. but he's so terrible with, like the logic of how a basic human English conversation is structured, or even just, like, a like a, an English thought, that, like, yeah. yeah, when... Oh, it's no goo, it is bad. Yeah. It's this... Yeah, it sounds like a crazy person <laughs> narrating this film, and it sounds like the crazy person speaking out of everyone's mouth in this film. It's... it's and, again, like, uh, juxtapose that with already the kind of, like, weird, bizarre dream logic of everything that you've already seen up to the to this point in the film this is again it's a perfect encapsulation of the weird bizarre yeah it is just like jumpy dream logic that all of his films run on he he writes like i did when i was 11 and didn't know how to write yeah kind of like like a worlds of power nintendo novel or something like that where you're not a very good writer but you're trying to sound super fancy by using crazy words and kind of slightly sophisticated syntax but you don't know really how it works that well like you were saying like like what's that mean he like like he like First he could, his wife, now he. Yeah, you can understand the gravitas he's going for, but he he's yeah. not good enough. He he don't speak English as good as we do, <laughs> so he yeah. don't be he no talk good as Bill Mudrin does. And yeah, it's it's just really is just like reach. Was it when they talk about like your reach exceeds your bug grabbing skills? Mm, What's exactly. that metaphor? I think you your reach it. exceeds your grasp. It exceeds your grasp. That's yeah, kind of like, like that. yeah. When you get too ambitious for what you're trying to do, and that's yeah. like, that's Ed Wood's just that that that's his relationship with the English language, which is unfortunate. I think it's his relationship with everything. Yeah, but even more so the English language. Because like I said, yeah. if you were a silent filmmaker, when no one else had done anything interesting, he would have probably been okay. At least he wouldn't have been a huge star, but at least he would have been seen as maybe kind of vaguely competent. But He's on a silent film level in 1959, which isn't gonna fly, and this—that's yeah. how he ends up making the worst film, uh, worst films ever made. So, so uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, then the the lady and Buddy Hackett see the bodies of the gravedigger, and she blah, screams. You know what? And, I don't know which. Did you watch this on YouTube like I did? Yes. I I don't know. If, I, I'm assuming we probably accidentally watched uh, two different versions of this movie, so I can't tell uh, how good the video quality is, but like. I love how it's obvious, at least in the version that I watched, that they couldn't get the two actors who played the Gravediggers back to come back to the studio. Because uh, mm. it's just a pair of mannequins in the Gravediggers' clothing. And one, nice. guy, one of the Gravediggers facing down because they want to show his face, and the other guy, like, his face is up, but he's got, like, his, his mannequin arm over his face to try to cover up the fact that, like, it's just <laughs> a piece of plastic, but yeah. Nice. Oh... So the, the police are on the case. <laughs> da, da, da. Uh, and they run out of the police station. And you might have wa- noticed it since you've watched it so many times. I like the one cop who tries to get in his door, but it's locked. So he has to reach in through the window and unlock it. Yeah, and competent cops. Couple times. Yeah. yeah. And we'll Very run, confident. too. You, you can only run so fast when Tor Johnson is one of your your police cop herd. Yeah. Oh, oh so, yeah. This is one of the infamous things where, so the, like, yeah, it's suddenly it's, daytime. It's, well, it's night when they get in the car at yeah. the police station, and then we go back to daytime when they park, 
and then is back tonight on the set. It's perfect, actually flawless. And the narration, or I don't know if it's a narration of the dialogue, specifically states it only took a, took them a couple minutes from getting the call to getting there. So it's not like you even say, well, maybe they just drove from three states away. No, this is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Play Night from Outer Space, everybody. Tor Johnson as Inspector Clay is just about the most impressive acting I've ever seen put to to, to, to screen. It's, I... it's flawless. <laughs> you know what? I totally forgot. No need for... yeah. Old one take Tor Johnson, they called him. <laughs> He does, he holds his own for someone who was just a wrestler who became an actor. He, he acts better than I can, let's put it that way. Mm. Um, I totally forgot the Tor Johnson uh, just sounds like a congested old man, though. Because I'm so used to hearing <laughs> either, you know, because like, he's played by George the Animal Steel in the Ed Wood movie. And he yeah. just, he has like, um, what does he say? Massage my toes. He has like, this kind of weird caveman Massage style. Massage my toes. Yeah. And then on Mystery Science Theater 3000, where Tor Johnson shows up, they have the, uh, Tor Johnson, time to go to bed, kind of voice. <laughs> I forgot he doesn't actually sound like either of those things, and he just sounds more yeah. like a normal human being, so I feel a little bad that, like, he's just known to history as just being, like, this, this Swedish monster when he's not really, but... Yeah. Yeah. But he's all, yeah, he's a police detective, he's on the case... And he says, I'm gonna look around for myself. <laughs> Do you have an meat, boss? And we get to watch him grab the flashlight out of his car and then stumble around the vast, vast wasteland of a set they put together for the film. Again, a hallmark of a bad movie is how much time they, how much screen time they dedicate to showing mundane Mon acts that you don't yeah. have to worry explaining that to the audience. But yeah, that's, mm -hmm. and I love this already shared. They, like, they've only been on this set for maybe collectively, like, for maybe less than, like, five minutes of screen time in this movie. And they've already shown everything that they've built for the set, because there's literally just like, maybe, like, ten square feet of, of soundstage. There's yeah. six graves and, like, half a dozen, like, twigs that are pretending yeah, to be trees. You crank the fog sh machine up on high and nobody will notice. <laughs> oh, that's a great thing, because he literally takes, like, only, like, t like maybe ten steps away from the rest of the crowd, and suddenly he's, quote-unquote, lost. And suddenly he's on a version of the set where they've cleared off all the actors. Because uh, he's, mm -hmm. he's standing in the middle of the same six graves again, and he's just, like, walking around with a flashlight, and I wonder what's yeah. going to happen next. Well, the other cops remark on how the, the gravedigger's bodies look like a bobcat got them, which is a fairly small, you know, wild cat, I, yeah. I guess. Although but I guess Vampire does do have the claws. Damage, yeah. yeah, I forgot they gave, like, Vampire finger extensions, too, so she looks extra just like... Meh. Yeah, and then they mention that something stinks, but no time to elaborate on that. The morgue wagon's coming with its siren, because, you know, morgue wagons are well known for their sirens. You gotta get to those bodies fast. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. Uh, and then we see uh. the the pilot, what turns out to be a pilot, and his de his wife on the deck with their old-fashioned wicker chairs that probably have that one piece that's sticking straight up so you and stab yeah. your ass every time you sit down. Oh, on it. man, who the hell thought wicker... Mm. Don't beat the <laughs> shit out of that person who thought wicker chair. Wicker mm -hmm. furniture in general was a good idea. Yeah, this always. is actually... This is the one bit of clever sound editing I thought was actually a good thing. Good way of showing exposition in this movie, because... Uh, the cops are talking about how they can, well, here comes the, they're like, yeah, here comes the morgue wagon that you can hear the siren. And while mm -hmm. the siren's wailing, you suddenly cut to these guys and they're talking about, they can also hear the siren wailing. And this sounds, <laughs> this actually shows how much of a fucked up mess this movie is that like, there's a thousand scenes in this movie where the su sound suddenly stops. Uh, yeah. if, if the camera suddenly jumps to another subject, even though they're mm -hmm. standing next to the other characters, they should still be hearing that sound because the camera... 
uh, the shot has changed. Like, for some reason, the sound stops. So this, this is going to become a factor in just a couple minutes when the aliens first show up. Where sound effects that all the characters should be hearing only appear when suddenly when only some of the characters show up on screen, which makes no sense. But, like, I do like how they kind of, like... Despite never having an establishing shot of showing exactly how how close to the graveyard these guys' backyard is, the fact that they they, they they can hear the sirens just as well as the cops are does suggest that like they're pretty much only like ten feet away. Um, yeah. That is the one clever bit of editing in this whole film. <laughs> Everything else is just a mess. But yeah. But so, yeah. So this uh, yeah this is the pilot and his wife. This is the pilot that we yeah. saw earlier flying over his own house. I guess. Yeah. He says he's in a mood, a mood he's never been in before. Uh, she asks what's wrong, and he says he saw a flying saucer. It was shaped like a huge cigar. You know, one of those well-known saucer-shaped cigars. I'm assuming this is this line was written long before Ed Wood had figured out what this, the, this flying saucers were going to... Although, by virtue of the fact they're called flying saucers, you think that there kind of dictates what they're going to look like, but... Yeah. <laughs> it is a fa Project Blue Book does say that a lot of aliens... Uh, a lot of the, the Project Blue Book, Blue Book is the kind of like the, the the official investigation thing in the UFOs and stuff like that. There is a lot of descriptions of cigar-shaped uh, uh, UFOs, but that has no mm -hmm. bearing on this film. They're all just hubcaps. Like, yeah, it's it's. Yeah. He should have changed. He could have just changed it on set when he once he realized what the UFOs in this movie were going to look like. But anyway, that's neither here. Nor anyway, there. he says that he saw a UFO, and when they landed, the army made them swear not to tell anyone. They made them pinky promise and everything. And you know how good uh, by a pinky promise is you can't break especially that especially with the army their army is super serious about pinky swears yeah and they he can't say a word about it and whoosh light flies by and their old-time wicker furniture gets blown around slightly yeah and, and they but he and his wife are like it's hard to tell if they get knocked over and they just throw themselves to the ground but everyone falls over and they look up in are the sky and there's obviously like a painted church that the hubcap is flying over which i guess is a ufo mm-hmm and also the people in the graveyard see it and all get knocked over as well. Yeah. Casually getting up and not seeming to think it's a very big deal at all. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is one of those things where, yeah, the sound jumps around depending on who you're looking at, despite the fact that everyone should be hearing the same sound effect. Because, again, all the characters are within, like, ten feet of each other. Even the characters on the mm. back porch. But, like, it'll go, whoosh, and then suddenly cut to a shot of someone else, and suddenly it's dead silence. But they're looking up, too. Even though they're only, like, a bush away, and then it cuts to another scene where, like, suddenly the sound kicks back. It's just the weirdest... It feels like they, like, they should have had another week of editing to do on this movie. Just even sound of editing would have had <laughs> Yes, over... a week would have fixed it. <laughs> uh, well, considering they probably spent a week just doing the editing and all the post-production on this film to begin with, another week would have, like, doubled their time, but... Oh, yeah. my God, yeah. So, uh, the saucer lands, and the, the, like, Tor goes to investigate it, I guess? I guess! Oh no, Bella Lugosi's tomb opens, and a totally different man that's not Bella Lugosi at all walks out of it with his cape covering the lower part of his face. I just... I, again, Ed would make the movie makes a meal out of the fact that this guy's like a good, like, two feet taller than Bela Lugosi and looks nothing like Bela Lugosi, but... Like, I... Yeah, it's just even more apparent now, just watching this, is like, yeah, that is like... Uh, I... What? How did they ever... <laughs> think that any like even with the movie going like the narrator eventually later is even specifically kind of like yes this is still Bela Lugosi like it yeah. still doesn't make any sense it looks like a completely different character they could have at least had the guy stoop a little bit so as he, at least so at least he was a little bit like you know like Bela Lugosi his shrunken stature or something like that but 
Yeah, <laughs> or covered up his eyes a bit more, or done something, or yeah. well, yeah, no, it's know. it's terrible. I don't know if there's any recovering it. Yeah. Uh, Tor gets surrounded by Belagosi and his wife, and she walks towards him, and he shoots, but it's no good, and by the time the rest of the cops get there to investigate the gunshots, he dead. Yeah, I do And like... they just stand there and stare at his body. Don't try to help him or anything, just, well, there it's... he is. Should we check and see if he's dead? Yeah, he's dead. You know, I was gonna joke about how, how slow do you have to be not to be able to run away from Vampira and Bela Lugosi standing, because they're both barely moving. But mm-hmm. it, we are talking about Tor Johnson there, who I might be able yeah. to beat, beat in a foot race, but it's... <laughs> I do like, there's a great bit, too, where I guess they must have sh- been shooting blanks at Vampira during one of her close-ups in this thing, because you can actually see her flinch for a moment, which, mm. you know, that she shouldn't be doing, because she's undead, who gives a shit? She gets, you know, but it's... Uh, yeah, it's and they look cool. at him and say some stuff, and my, with my favorite line being, uh, that they say in this scene, well, one thing is for sure, he's been murdered. And somebody's responsible. Well, no shit. That's kind of the definition well, of murder. You wanna, yeah. you, <laughs> don't break your brain with such huge leaps of logic. Yeah. There, Unless Captain they're going to assume that he just got killed by that magic light that just <laughs> scared everybody. But yeah, that's again, that's Ed Wood. He needs to have somebody say something, but he doesn't know what to have them say. So he just has them make a random utterance that makes no sense. But yeah, it's yeah, it's mm. stupid. Stupid. Uh, so now it's time for another funeral. This time it's for Inspector Clay, or Tor Johnson. Uh, while Vampira looks uh, on, seemingly bored out of her mind. Yeah, I, it almost seems like they just took an outtake of the scene that we just saw before. Because again, it's just her in the woods. Mm. And, but it just really makes it sound like she's... It looks like she's just like next to Tor Johnson's family. Because she's not like threatening anybody. But she's no. there. Yeah. And she's like essentially I I guess in the logic of the film that she's just waiting for Tor Johnson's family to go away so she can like resurrect him. But it's just this is this is the only other thing she does in the movie aside from presumably kill the gravediggers who the movie completely forgets about. <laughs> this is it. Yeah. God, her makeup's a mess. I forgot that like drew her <laughs> eyebrows on and she like they overdrew her lip makeup so it looks like she's got uh I know it. Mm. Mhm. The 50s were a so... bad time for ladies makeup. Yeah, now those saucers are all over the place, and the army's gonna have its work cut out for making all those pinky promises. Newspaper reports on the saucers, and and then there's stock footage of army men doing stuff. Mixing oh, this is not the best. stock footage. This is the best part of the on movie. A, on the cardboard background, giving the signal to shoot the saucers. So they do <laughs> for a while. Yeah. Until the saucers get bored and just leave. It's just there's the the plot wise. I don't know what this. I guess this. I don't know what. I guess it's supposed to be the Saucermen, like, announcing their invasion, like, intention to invade, even though the rest of the movie kind of makes it sound like the aliens are trying their best to try to, like, be on the down low? The movie can't decide... No, they're not! ...if the aliens are trying to scare everyone or if they're trying... Because, like, they also talk about how, how they've had to kill some people in order to keep their existence a secret. But yeah. then they're doing shit like this, and I just love but... all the stock... It's not even really stock footage, because you do have people, like... They're doing the Superman thing where they're all pointing up at the sky at the superimposed paper plates, and, like, you've got people pointing in different directions, so they couldn't even coordinate the people to be... And you've got, like, <laughs> drunks coming out of bars, smashed off... Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's someone, there's a UFO flying over a ba- uh, bar where uh, Eartha Kitt's singing, which, that's fantastic. And it's mm. just... Also, this whole scene reminds me of the commercials for Super Mario Land, which mm. <laughs> involved flying saucers attacking... Uh, uh, Washington, D.C., and so just even for that can't value alone, but this... 
this this so, is this is the most 1950s part of this whole movie. It's fucking great. Yeah, oh one army God. man walks up to the other army man who just gave the orders to shoot and says, "Quite a sight, wasn't it, sir? A sight I'd rather not be seen." Is, well, Ed, you got a past tense sentence there with a present tense uh, sentence uh, there, Ed. Don't do that. That's like Raiden 101. Don't again, do, don't mix your this, no. Another incident of Ed Wood. He needs he he felt obligated to have a scene between two characters, but he didn't know what they should say, so he's just having them just say platitudes at each other. Which, if you're really paying attention to what they're saying, don't track and don't make any sense. But it's just mm-hmm. yeah. Oh my god. And of course, this is also <laughs> still sometimes interspersed with footage from like the Korean War. Of, like, really blurry footage of rockets being fired in the Korean War and firecrackers being thrown at the hubcaps and... Bill... Oh my god, this movie. Is... Has... Has the internet and stuff changed stuff? Or... Because I'm not a good writer. I don't... I don't, like... I haven't... Yeah? written anything for a long time outside of my notes. Like, I used to write a book, but I gave up on that eons ago. Yeah. Uh... What... Is writing so difficult that this this is how people who aren't like disciplined on it actually write? I mean, this is about as good writing as I could do. So that's I can't throw too many stones at Ed Wood because I've tried to write in the past, and like it's one thing to be like, "Hey, can't you write natural dialogue?" You, and it's another thing you when you've s- got the blank page in front of you. You're like, "Okay, what's this one person gonna say to the other?" Hey there, rain is wet. But- do you still know not to use the same word like multiple times yeah. in a sentence, yeah. or to mix your present tense uh, with your past tense? Yeah. Although if you're not if you're not really paying attention to your what you're writing and you're just kind of like going stream of consciousness, I guess maybe you don't have anyone like reviewing your work. You could just accidentally you just kind of I guess you could just end up writing a script that sounds like a maniac wrote it, which is exactly what happened with Edward and all of this stuff. I, mean, I guess he didn't have an editor, like for his. He scripts. wasn't. What are you talking about? He had Ed. Edward Jr. Edward Baseball. Wood Jr. Hmm. That's that's not a fun name to say. Edward Wood. Edward, Edward Wood, Wood, Wood Jr. Jr. <laughs> even that sounds like a stuttering of a bad by the bubble. Man, I just even love these two guys. They're standing in front of like it's supposed to be a sky painting, but like there's obviously like a fold in the cardboard mm-hmm. that they're standing in front of. Their shadows are casting on the sky, and like you think they could have just like why did they need to shoot this even in a fake studio? They could have just gone outside and shot it for real. I don't know why they had to be standing <laughs> yeah. in front of a fake blue sky, but so oh my god. So one guy says we didn't always fire at them, but then said they they said that one thing about our mom, so we had to shoot it up. Oh, plus, the other they guys, atta- yeah. plus they attacked that town where people died. What is this? I was like, is this supposed to be Edward referencing another horror movie that he likes? Because are they talking about what we've already seen in this film? Because yeah, and then what and was then they wonder th- what their next move will be, and so does the voiceover guy. <laughs> it's pretty bad when even the narrator is as confused as anyone else, and it's just what the hell? And again, we're only twenty minutes in the movie, and the, even the movie already seems deeply confused about itself or what it's trying to yeah. say. Because yeah, again, it's, it's the aliens seemingly going out of their way to flash their asses to the whole planet, but then they spend the rest of the movie pretending like they're trying to hide, and it's just... Yeah, and... Well, yeah, <sighs> and and so then we go to the mothership or base of the Literally the mothership, because it's shaped like it's a just giant a, titty. It's a, it's a bigger hubcap. It's a titty hubcap. It's, and it's, there's the... Oh. The leader alien who forgot to take off his part-time job at Medieval Times costume. <laughs> yeah. 
and I guess he's in charge. It is. I forgot this. It this seems so. Actually, this seems more alien to me than the actual alien things in this film. In this film, is the idea that like back. I think we were fortunate enough to grow up in a world where people were consistently. If you're gonna have an alien. If you're gonna show aliens in a movie or something like that, there's at least some attempt to actually make them look a little alien. And I forgot that, like, in the 50s, it was still just like, oh yeah, no, aliens, it just assumed that aliens would look just like us, except maybe have slightly doofier clothing. Yeah, they wear shiny clothes. Yeah, shiny, and that's why everyone's wearing the Prince Valiant's, yeah, medieval times gear with, like, the big fat belts and... I and guess all the men are gay on might, this planet? Yeah, apparently they might be homosexuals, <laughs> too. I, don't know. I feel bad for the lone woman in this whole film, because she's just all like, well, the one female alien. I Female alien. Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah, so... Yeah, I guess their commander is Bill Murray's gay character from Ed Wood, Bunny Be- Breckenridge. Yeah. And the other guy, who... He doesn't really have a character in Ed Wood the movie, but he's one of the best parts of Plan 9 from Outer Space. He's he's the, who's, he's the boots-on-the-ground commander of the alien forces. Yeah. Um, and... and so yeah, what are they talking about? They ask... He has... Uh, Medieval Times asked for a report from the other guy, and he... They, they start talking and they pull uh, uh, Ned Soul Daddy O Flanders and say they tried nothing and are flat out of ideas. Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> oh, I forgot and, this. Thing. Okay, this is the movie. Human, okay, yeah. Human souls are too controlled, whatever that means. <laughs> so now they'll try Plan 9, resurrecting the dead. That'll do it, whatever it is. Making friends with us, fighting us, taking us over, teaching us a lesson. I don't know. Well, this is kind of the soul of the movie because you've got well you got the, the scene before this which is two army people t- t- trying to ex- like have exposition dialogue about what what the united states army knows about the aliens and then you cut to mm-hmm. this scene which is the aliens talking about what they what they know what their plans are and none of these two these two n- <laughs> these are both conversations make no sense and again it's characters kind of talking in circles and not really saying anything even though they talk at length at each other and it is like like you're saying like what are they like so the what is like even after you see the scene it's just still difficult to understand what their plan is because they like uh, you know, even at the end of the movie I don't know what their plan is <laughs> exactly even after like the 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 the, the, the sub commander boots on the ground guy even explains to the heroes exactly what they're trying to do and it turns out I guess their plan is to try to take over the world by slowly bring bringing all the world's dead back to life one quarter at a time I guess. I mean, they spend the whole movie barely being able to resurrect three dead bodies in an, in one tiny, ten foot by ten foot Hollywood, California cemetery, and no wonder their plan didn't work. And I guess they only have one spaceship doing this, even though they've sent like uh, we just saw the whole montage of like, like I guess dozens of uh, UFOs flying over the world. They just have this one UFO just parked over uh, Hollywood, just trying to resurrect people from this one cemetery. And for some reason, their entire plan to conquer the Earth just hinges on this one ufo doing its one little it's just yeah uh, it they, just they, i love the acting because yeah the guy who like they, they even make a meal out of this in the ed wood movie of how bill murray's character who's playing like the ruler character i guess uh how he can't read his he can't remember his lines so he's just reading the script off a piece of paper like nice. he just pulls up oh yeah oh yes uh plan nine he's obviously it's just hmm, just it's just man i love this movie so those they take from the grave will lead their operations, despite not being able to think. Mm-hmm. So they walk out of the 
room of through what I can only assume is the same cockpit of the plane without the clock and and clip. Oh, I didn't think of it, but that's exactly what's going on. Yeah, because they could only <laughs> afford to build like one like curved door thing in cardboard. And then the boots of the ground guy says, "You know, it's interesting thing when you consider those who can think being frightened of those who cannot. The dead. Oh, thank you for clarifying that." Well, time to be hitting the old dusty trail. I love that the lady Elaine has to, like, that actress has to try to pretend this is a profound statement. That she's like, oh yeah, that, I've never thought about it that way. And then they just kind of yep. walk away, and that's the end of that scene. And you're still like, what? <laughs> like, why? Why? What? <laughs> no time for that, Bill. Time more shots of saucers wobbling around. It's oh, all very it's convincing. great, because, like, you sit, you, like, I guess there's all these, a whole bunch of flying saucers are docked at the titty station. And it's great because they fly away from the, like, what is obviously just a cardboard painting of the titty station, like, fly towards the camera, like, uh, the, the, the focus really makes it look like the tiny little toys that they are, too. It just, mm -hmm. it's, mm, it's fucking, it's howdy-doody time. Oh, it's so good. I love it. <laughs> it, it. The pilot's place, he tells his wife that she, he thinks she should stay with her mother, but she doesn't want to, because this is their home. She's not gonna let anything scare out of that. Or yeah, whatever. these guys are the most. Every and time these guys are on camera, it's always the most boring because they're they're just like talking about the exposition of their lives, and it really has no bearing on the plot. He says the saucers are way up in the sky, but there's something in that cemetery, and it is too close for comfort. And the saucers are up there. The cemetery is out there. Okay, I have to actually do this line kind of like how she does it. <laughs> yeah. Because so she, she says the saucers are up there. The cemetery is out there, but I'll be locked up in there. And she makes it sound like you'll be lo she'll be locked up in the cemetery. Cause that's that's what it sounds like. Yeah. With the way, well, with her inflection on there. Yeah. Doesn't tell me Ed Wood was not much for directing the dialogue in the way that because like it's bad enough the script was so terrible. You know what? That I Bill, think he just let take the, out the, the word dialogue, and I think you nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> dialogue. Oh um, my. <laughs> no, I mean he wasn't much for directing. Uh. Well, yeah. Is is? Do they have any reason to be that worried about the cemetery yet? Because has no. have the police even announced that anyone's died in the cemetery or anything like that? No. There was the big scary light that came from the UFOs from above, but I don't see. There should be no reason unless it's making the headlines that like the cemetery know. behind their house is all fucked up. I don't know. No, There's a lot of sirens going to the cemetery. Yeah, it, it, because of all the editing mistakes in this movie, it's a completely impossible to discern whether or not this movie takes place over the course of like this, a single evening or like three days or like weeks yeah. i guess it has to be a couple days because you do have a couple characters dying and then having their funerals and then being resurrected once the funerals are over but at least yeah. this movie takes place over at least at least maybe the course of a week or two but maybe yeah and i guess and he she's... does go off to work and go flying so at least it's a couple days there too but like yeah. oh my god she she says she'll be sure to lock all the doors, and once he's gone, she'll be in bed, grinding on his pillow like a shitty candle. I, that's, that was some eyebrow-raising shit to me, I'm like, <laughs> I'm assuming Ed, that was not, like, you know, Edward would not, I don't think he had as much insight into women as I do, because I'm a sex maniac, <laughs> but, I was like, did he even realize that this could be, like, interpreted as a double entendre, but, yeah. Yeah, she, well, you know, it, She's got her Doctor Who body pillow. She's what she likes. <laughs> oh, I love the guy so, getting into his car again. It, they could have just... Well, he, yeah, he climbs to the passenger side to get to the driver's side. And it's just, just like another fake set where, like, they couldn't just have him be out somewhere. They had to, like, drive the car into a set with a painted background where, like... 
I don't why like they could have just and, actually had him on an actual even in the driveway of like the actual studio would have been better looking than whatever anyway but yeah yeah and they they, they uh he, he's spacing out in the cockpit he, of the plane he is, is he the pilot or the co-pilot because he's not doing his job either way I hope he's just the he's co-pilot. worried a, he's worried about his pillow humping wife yeah seriously him and his co-pilot talk it's all very real and how real people talk and then there's footage of the quote-unquote dead old man walking around, which is Bella Lugosi, yeah. walking around a makeshift cemetery. Oh, you're going to see a day. lot of this footage throughout the rest of the he film. He goes into the woods and walks up to a door at nighttime. <laughs> this is great because this is obviously just footage that Ed Wood shot while messing around with Ed, with Bela Lugosi. And, and I, don't, I guess it is kind of a cemetery because there's a couple big uh, uh, crucifixes in the ground, which actually kind of do look like old wood. But, like, it's obviously yeah. just, like, like they just filmed him, like, it's Billy Lugosi with his, he's got yeah, his you, old Dracula you, costume on, and he's just goofing around. Of course it's old wood. You think Ed Wood is gonna spend that kind of dough on fresh new wood? I was gonna say, Come yeah, on. it's not, like, you know, it, it doesn't look as, like, a, a fucking foam core <laughs> as everything else in the movie, but... Oh, so yeah, yeah so, so that's the first so that, reuse of that footage of, of, of yeah. Bela just, like, prancing around the, in the forest. This little boy, this little girl, their mother and father too. They all have an urge and all want an urge for something to munch and chew. Choo choo! Now he's not just swell, and this rings a bell. The popcorn is crispy and hot. Then others again have a terrible yen for a drink. Then hits the spot. Go, go, so if you want candy, the lobby is handy. A condom with sweets and a crew with your kind permission. We're having a mission. We're ready to serve all of you. Safe to state that the grandchildren of some of the people in this theater will not be born on Earth. come from the bowels of hell, a transformed race of walking dead, zombies guided by a master plan for complete domination of the earth. Plan 9 from outer space. Starring the most frightmarish cast ever, Bella Lugosi, the seductive vampira, and Thor Johnson as the walking dead. Turn off your electro gun! No! No! Stop him, Dennis! I can't get it! It's jammed! Stop him, you fool! Bullets bounce off their bodies. Rockets, missiles, jets cannot stop their death ships. What earthly power can stop this terror? For a glimpse of things to come, see this blast of screen suspense. For it could be happening right now. What is it? Say, what is it? Hey, why it's buttered cup? Popcorn and sweet cream butter, too hot popcorn. Mix it up, wrap it up, buttercup is born. It's delicious. So nutritious. It's a taste delight. It's so munchy. Crisp and crunchy. You'll enjoy each bite. Eat butter crunched buttercup. Popcorn at its best. Served in a king-size cup. It beats all the rest. 
of outer space. The full story of what happened on that fateful day. We are giving you all the evidence. But that's impossible. There's a way to explode the actual particles of sunlight. You are referred to destroying the entire universe. Of the miserable soul who survived this terrifying ordeal. Believe there are such things as flying saucers. The incident, the places. The only explosion left. There's a government directive stating that there is no such thing as a flying saucer. My friend, we cannot keep this a secret any longer. Explode the sunlight here, Jack. Let us punish the guilty. You explode the universe. Can your heart stand the shocking fact? The wife is sleeping on top of the covers, as real people do, and is woken by a phone call. Yeah. Bella goes into the house, turns into a different man, holding a cape in front of his face, as slowly walks after her, which she easily escapes because he's not moving quickly at all. Yeah. But she runs into the cemetery. It's very logical. Daytime shots of Bella <laughs> walking in and out of the forest, followed by a nighttime shot of shot of uh vampira la, 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 la. yeah it's almost like reused because she's on the dark and set it's and the, almost like recycling the, the footage from the beginning of the wife, film yeah along with a grave that's kind of sort of moving it's one of the best special effects in the film around. actually it looks like an action they actually seem to maybe film this outdoors but it is it's actual real dirt and like there's something moving beneath the dirt which actually that's the one thing in the whole movie no that's actually fake i forgot because the tombstone topples over oh this is all fake what am i talking about at least it's real dirt <laughs> But did you did you watch this with Vaseline smeared on your eyeball? I was sleepy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah. <laughs> and so, and, oh no, Tor's wise in full of his glaive. Oh kinda, yeah. Sort of. He gets uh, he, he gets, gets a little stuck. And they make it get, that's that's one of the better moments from the Edward movie too. Is like they, they make a meal out of the fact that yeah, Tor Johnson's obviously having a problem getting out of his grave in the actual film. Yes. But like, yeah, I. This is again sp- trying to give compliments to this film. I actually really did like the lo- I love the lighting on his on his face when he's coming mm. out of the grave because they have a big spotlight within the grave, which lo- does look g- legitimately. I don't know if you want to call it creepy, but it's effective. And I yeah. love like the pale makeup they put on his face and like the dark lines they dig into his face to kind of like really accentuate kind of the uh, look he's got on his face throughout the whole rest of the film. And they did a good job with like the white contacts that he's got with like the little beady eye holes, which presumably I'm just uh, presumably are just there just so he could see. But it's yeah. good makeup though. He looks more effectively like a walking corpse, like than either Vampira, who's just like a lady in the forest with her arm sticking out, and fucking 
chiropractor dude with Dracula cape who just doesn't even, he's not even trying to pretend to look like he's dead. He's just skulking around yeah. like he's at a fucking uh, keg party um, yep. at Halloween, but yeah. Yeah. And Tor Johnson looks around and then slowly walks around in good gravy with the speed these fools walk. <laughs> They'd be super easy to get away from. Except for the Dracula guy when he's not played by Bela. He moves a little bit faster than everyone else. But yeah, if you're like just leaving up the Torrent Vampire, nothing's going to get done because they are moving at like centimeter pace. Yeah, but then uh. it's daytime outside and the pilot's wife falls over on the side of the road where a man who has been poured into his denim pants picks her up, puts her in his car. And after some sound effects oh, yeah. of his car not starting, they drive off as not quite Bella Lugosi watches I love, him go. He's got fat man pants on because he's got like his his gut and his like he's got like his belt hitched up to his nipples and mm-hmm. oh man, that guy looks like a Justin McElroy character. He's got this little <laughs> cowboy hat and what is going on? You're even describing what's happening and like it's cutting back. Oh, oh, so lady oh this is supposed to be taking place at night but it's shot during the day but it's undercut yes. with footage of everyone on the on the black set mm-hmm. the fuck is going on i'm and, watching i'm re-watching well, this for the upteenth time and even still i'm like what now the police are back at the cemetery to investigate which they do by just walking around as tor <laughs> and, and and vampirella also stumble around yeah and the, and the aliens let the undead on their ship and turn them off i guess yeah Ellen just also gets on and the ship flies away mission accomplished there's a brief moment where the lady alien has a she like either has a hard time turning it off or forgets to turn it off and she's almost attacked we'll, by we'll it. get there that's not that oh that's not this oh, okay yet, no. yeah so the cops talk about how that one farmer saw he says he saw some strange shit but his breath was spewing out booze. But the lady <laughs> oh, had nice breath. That's the only spirit she probably, had. Yeah, okay, yeah. She was probably hysterical. She probably didn't see shit. But the detective points out that her feet were all scratched up along with her nightgown. And he says, huh, yeah, I hadn't thought of that. I guess that's why you're a detective, Lieutenant, and I'm still a uniformed cop. It's, uh. <laughs> I, get, I do appreciate Edward trying to breathe some life into these characters, so they're not talking about directly about the plot, but they're, there's a little bit of an inner life that he's trying mm-hmm. to bring to these characters by having have them give them an organic talk with them. I mean, he's trying to... It's 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 it's, it's an attempted exposition, Except, but it's yeah. also like you're trying to get some personality about how the guy... I mean, oh, she shucks, well, I didn't pick up it, on those details. It's, and... it's hard to pick this, you know, point out how inhuman it is when I only re- read one side, but the actual scene reads as so... These... The, Droning, talking to well, yeah, <laughs> that too. These characters aren't talking to each other; they're just talking out loud. The lines that they were given—they're reciting dialogue like in a children's play. Like, yeah, there's no yeah. attempt at like organic, like they're talking to each other, but they're just they saying oh, the lines. Bill, yeah. if you and I had the kind of drive that we would need for it, I would love to remake Plan Nine from Outer Space with nothing but like six-year-olds. Oh my god, you know I'm. I, I saw, looking up YouTube videos about Plan 9 right before we started recording just to see what's out there, I did see mm-hmm. somebody, like, a bunch of, like, Channel Awesome-type dudes, like, sarcastic, like, adults tried to do some kind of a remake of Plan 9, which that's not going to work. You need, no. like, little kids who would probably just be on the same level as these people creatively, but, like, don't know what the material is. So it would, you'd be kind of recreating the conditions under which this film was made, but with children, and that would bring its own spicy meatballness to it but 
Yeah, yeah that's, it, a rea- that's, that's a reality show right there. Get, you know, 16 <laughs> small children together and decide which one's going to be the know, director and have them remake. <laughs> Actually, I love that you're getting a kid director directing, too, so it's not even, like, adult. You know, no. you, you know how they, it's become popular again to have, like, live musicals on Fox and stuff? They should mm-hmm. have, yeah, live children's production of Play 9 from Outer Space. It'd be perfect because there's no profanity or anything like that. It's only an hour and a yeah. half long. You could pat it out to, like, two hours with commercials. Oh my god, mm-hmm. that'd be, hmm, I'd be down with that. Oh, and also, so, th- this is neither here nor there, but, like, I've also seen gun nuts freak out at, I think it's this scene and a couple other scenes pe- oh, specific. Oh, no, everybody is ge- <laughs> gesturing and pointing at shit with their guns and their fingers are on the triggers. They're scratching their they're temples, scra- <laughs> they're tipping their hats. They're like, they're they're like, like Chief, Chief Wiggum. They're like, I'm surprised the inspector isn't, like, picking his teeth with the barrel of his loaded gun. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, no. And, and uh, that was one of the funnier things just reading up online about, like, people You don't like, have to be a gun nut to notice that <laughs> this shit. This is not how you should be dealing. Because they're like, yeah, because they, they use these guns. These are loaded weapons, but... They, like, keep uh, pushing the tip of their hats up with a barrel. There's one scene where the inspector, he's, like, itching his shoulder by, like, digging the barrel of the loaded gun <laughs> with his finger on the trigger into his shoulder. <laughs> like, you know, if you just miss a little bit, you're just going to blow a hole right through your chest. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. no, it's... Oh, my God, it's great. Yeah. So, it's... Pu- uh, so, the... <laughs> That all happens. Plan nine from outer space. The, the other cops come running up and frantically, frantically ask if they heard that, and the other cop angrily responds, "How could we help it?" Once again, I I, I know what he was going for with that line, but, but it's it just, doesn't work. It's a non sequitur because it is like like his emotions suddenly shift so weirdly because <laughs> he's just having this kind of like yeah or like. Well, like that, and if somebody says, did you hear that, you don't say, how could we help it? Yeah. You see any other yes or no, you're not going to be, like, suddenly snippy at them just because, the, like, Ed Wood just, like... Well, how could, how could we help it is also not the right way to say that. How it's, could we help it is not also just really a thing that people say in natural life, too, at the same yeah. time. It, it's it's dialogue thinking of, like, yeah. Ugh. So the, the detectives let them know that it was a flying saucer and provide some anecdotal evidence... Which the other cops say, well, that proves it. <laughs> but wait, they saw a grave that was broken into, so they go look at it. And the dirt should be around the grave, but it looks like it fell into the grave. And they asked the, the, so they asked the detective if they got the right to look into it, and he says, oh, technically, no. This is... What? <laughs> this is... I mean, I get... This is good. I think it's Ed Wood trying to breathe some life into these characters, and that, like, instead of just doing what they're doing, which is just going to be going over to the grave and inspecting it, he is trying to, like, create this thing of, like, the inspector knows that it's illegal and there should be some kind of sense of proprietary where they have to go talk to the family. But then he brings that up, but then suddenly he blows all that off anyway, so it's kind of supposed to be a funny little character-building thing. But just because it's directed so poorly and acted so poorly that you don't get any of that, it just sounds like crazy talk. Like, yeah, this character's find- talking in circles. You don't, like, what? Like, well, okay. They, they want to find out whose grave it is. You worked with that dude. He was married like a just, day these ago. These people were just you- at the service the day before. <laughs> don't they you know just- it's Clay's tombstone? It's not a big God. cemetery. It's not like you're going to get lost. There's six tombstones. You know who this It should be just a freshly buried, yeah. Because, like, you know, the, even re-watching it while we're talking about it now, I didn't realize it, these characters were at his funeral. Like, that mm-hmm. wasn't just a bunch of randos. And this is, like, literally the day before. 
So they yeah. should know. They shouldn't have to like this. It's it's a scene that happens just because again, Edward just needs to have characters have conversation with each other. With each other. Otherwise, this would be a silent film. But yeah, yeah. So one of the cops climbs in the tomb, says there's no body, but it's dark. So he lights a match and says it's Clay's grave, but he ain't in it. Oh more. Because yeah, we saw earlier when the dirt was digging from out from beneath the grave, like. This is not how tombstones work, but the tombstones look just like a light piece of styrofoam that flopped into its own grave, <laughs> just <laughs> like a, like a, like a toy. But yeah, mm-hmm. as someone who so tried that... to knock over tombstone as as a kid, I can attest mm-hmm. that that's not how tombstones work. Yeah, and now the Pentagon in Washington D.C. as opposed to the other pentagons throughout the Americas. <laughs> again, Ed Wood just like because he has to create some kind of sense of officiality. Yeah, just like oh, so. Do you get two military men talking about the flying saucers? The higher rank general asks the other guy uh, if he's been in charge of the flying saucer attacks, and he says he has been. And then he asks him if he's seen any flying saucers. The high ranking guy asks the low ranking guy that, and he's like, Yes. And he tells him that the army has been saying there's no flying saucers. And if he and he asks him again if he's really seen them, and he restates that he has, which the, the other guy says that could be a court martial. There's the so much wrong with this scene. I don't know where to begin. It makes it feel like you're going crazy listening to this. If you're actually like, paying attention, like I mean, it's easy watching this now, especially these days, where I can just like check my email. Or go on eBay and look at old video game magazines while they're talking. But if you're in the movie theater watching this, and this is the only thing you have to pay attention to, you would lose your fucking mind. Because you're like, again, every word in this conversation is just random utterances that the conversation conversation doesn't track logically for what no, they're saying. There's no back and forth doesn't. of ideas. They're just saying military things at each other randomly. What the mil- the, why would the one military guy be like... Hey, so how are the attacks of the, the yeah. alien spaceships going? They're going good. Have you seen any alien spaceships? Yeah, you know that could mean a court martial if you say you've seen alien spaceships, right? What the fuck are you talking it's about? It's just, you know, secret, secret, spaceship, alien, attack, attack, alien, secret, you know, course martial, alien, attack. Okay, no, <laughs> attack, alien, martial, you know what they say. Attack, alien, court martial, attack, secret, secret, United States Air Force, Pentagon, Air Force, attack. That's like the, then, that's like the whole conversation. It's like okay. then the general says, "Yeah, there are flying saucers. <laughs> We've like, been talking the to them. Time? I was just pulling your chain. Here's what? a recording we have of them." So now we get <laughs> now we get to watch two grown ass adult men listen to a radio a radio play of a message from the aliens. They say oh, they that's don't right. want to kill the humans. They want to save them, but so the humans should probably stop blowing the aliens up. And they say that they might have to destroy humans if they. They just so they don't get destroyed first. Just, just stay like, off of Earth and you should be fine, right? I've never seen so much <sighs> of a script. Like it's like conversational double double negatives. You're mm-hmm. like, wait, what did you say? Because you're saying we can do this, but we can't do that, but we can do this. It's like what? Mm-hmm. What? And I do so love the- how the explanation of the one army guy is talking about how well we gradually built a translating computer. Which, of course, the aliens kind of reference translating computers later. And, like, they have their own name for translating computers. That's, like, the Quadratado Dictaphone. But as mm-hmm. you call it, the translating computer, they just happen to use the same terminology for it as the U.S. Army guy, which kind of just cracks me up. But, yeah. Hmm. So, the general sends him off to Hollywood to find out what the aliens want. 
uh, on the alien ship, the uh, medieval times guy gets informed that they they managed to raise three of the dead. whoop de doo da And so he wants to see one. And he also tells them that they took away two of their other ships, leaving only one. So I guess this they is lost just setting up the ending of the movie where the bad guys lost, lose because they only have one ship left on Earth. Would randomly they lost the. They lost the other two hubcaps. So the owner came back and grabbed them, so they couldn't, <laughs> or they couldn't afford any more pie tins to get. I love I the know. idea that, like, yeah, this is not a plot consideration because they, they are. I would think that they are. Yeah, like I said, it was setting up the ending because the bad guys suddenly lose because just because they lose one of their spaceships, which makes no sense because they've already gone out of their way to show us that like the the aliens have like a whole army, a whole fleet of spaceships. But I love the mm-hmm. idea that this is actually them forced to like rely only one spaceship because yeah, like or two of the fishing poles broke. And so they can only yeah. pilot one ship at a time, so they're kind of like, they, they had to work that into the script somehow. or so Exactly, yeah, someone, oh my god, or like one of the stagehands actually sold off two of the hubcaps yeah. uh, on the weekend while everyone was like, oh my god, this this movie. So, the, they send the lady to go get one of the dead, so she goes, uses her, whatever the fuck they call it. Electron gun. gun? Yeah, to go, to get him. And she brings him back. But oh no, her gun is jammed and it attacks one of the aliens. So she just dropped the gun on the floor. Well, that the guy has the to contract. yell at her, drop the floor to the gun. Or you'll you'll break the connection between the gun and the electrons. And that'll free right. blah, 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 blah. And so yeah, she throws <laughs> he it down. He has zummy gummy disease, apparently. Drop the floor <laughs> to the gun. <laughs> that's not the other one the Bill world. I would still <laughs> write a better script than it would, but yeah. Yeah. Uh-oh. So, So there was a needed scene. So, and so, well, this is, like I said, there was already a scene earlier in the film where they already showed that this, this is the second time in the film that they've shown that the aliens are, aren't necessarily that great at controlling the the the, the zombies that they're creating. Because uh, there was already a little bit of a kerfuffle on the uh, uh, the alien ship, and now that the headquarters, yeah, Tor Johnson almost chokes everyone out. And I do love the lady, the, the lady alien, picking up her gun. She's like, oh, me throwing the, my gun to the floor must have cleared up the jam. And so she uses her gun to, like, direct the... Tore off, well, off the set. No, because the medieval guy says, Bring the giant here that I may get a better look at him. Oh, okay. And so they do, and he's like, Shit, yeah, he's a big boy, juicy as hell. I like, I like. Uh, are the others, all, are all the others this beefy? And they're like, Nah, we got a woman and an old man. That's it. <laughs> and, and he said, An old man, you say? I have a plan. And oh, so he goes on how to say, like, the old is... one must be sacrificed, so we'll make him go into a house, turn him off, and turn on the ray that will result, it, the result will astound those watching. And that will give them enough time to get more from the cemetery. Why not just go to a different cemetery? One that's <laughs> like a remote cemetery in the middle of nowhere or something. <laughs> and I just love... So this is this guy's plan out of the blue. This is the evil leader. And I just love just how gay and disinterested the actor is in this performance. And in the mm-hmm. speech that makes... This is un- unnecessarily... This is an... Un- un- I can't even speak all this. An unnecessary and needless complication to their plan. <laughs> but the way he sells it, he does such a bad job of selling it to not only the other actors, but to the audience, too. It's just like, again, it's just utterances. It means nothing, but like, okay, I guess we're just gonna suddenly, uh, blow up Layla, Bela Lugosi in front of everyone for no reason. And, yeah. <laughs> so, like, and I just, what is their plan? Seriously? Well, he says they'll use the dead to make them believe of our existence. 
And it, it seems like there's an easier way to prove that aliens are a thing. Weren't the newspapers yeah, just showing just all the spent, flying saucers and shit flying just, through the sky? These guys just literally just spent a week flashing their asses all over the world. So they've already done that part of the plan. I don't know why they're still focused on this one Hollywood cemetery, but... Oh my god. So, then, elsewhere, the army man goes to talk to the pilot and his wife about the shit they've been seeing. Uh, he also asked the pilot if the blast of wind that knocked them down was hot or cold blast. And was it hot or cold? But we saw a glaring light and it went to the cemetery with the same footage uh, of Bella Lugosi walking in and out of the woods. But, it's and then... Something starts honking, a sound effect. And oh, I forgot to that point that out. There's stinks. a weird honking sound that kind of like randomly shows up in some of the footage of the zombies, but it's never explained what that is. But it is, no. it sounds like a distant car horn going beep, 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 beep. That kind of yeah. fades in and out of the soundtrack randomly. Yeah, and, and the, it, I guess it's stinky because it's corpses coming to life too, I guess. They never really ex well. explain that, but. I think it might be the movie. I'm gonna draw stink lines on the movie. <laughs> so, so uh, the cop in the car. There's a cop in the car, waiting for everybody else. Uh, he is Joe Latruglio looking motherfucker. Yeah. Not he's approached by not Bella Gosi. Yeah. He backs away with his gun. It's very exciting. And this is the every, best part, is that every, everyone is at the dinner at the uh, patio watching this happen. And yeah, they're, like, they watching just, the stage they play. Watch. They're all, like, looking, like, not freaked out, but they're all just kind of like, wait, what's... And they're only ten feet away, and they're like, huh, ain't that a kind yeah. of a hell of a thing that's happening at the <laughs> end of our driveway? They finally stand up, and they shoot him a bunch, but it doesn't work. And then some lights glow in the distance, and he falls over. The army man opens his cape, and oh no, he's nothing but bones now. <laughs> Presumably naked, but like he wasn't wearing clothes under the cape, I guess, because he's just, <laughs> it's not like he has pants or shoes on or anything like that. He, and he, he changed into a high school <laughs> uh, classroom skeleton. Oh, uh, yeah, no, yeah, that's, I'm just, I'm rewatching it now, and just like the events of what's, again, just human logic is not at play in the scene of just, like how everyone's watching Dracula slowly chase Joe Lutruglio back up the driveway, not doing anything. They stand up. The main well, pilot guy takes uh, his girlfriend into his arms, doesn't even try to move away from Dracula as he's coming closer. Everyone's pouring bullets into Dracula. Nothing's happening. And one of the guys even goes, oh, fuck, it's Dracula. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We should get his autograph. And... So what yeah. the fuck is no one acts acts or reacts like a living normal human being in this scene it's just things happening just because the plot <laughs> kind of needs them to happen this way well, and still there's the bigger issue of like i mean i get that the whole aliens whole plan to take over the earth by very gradually reanimating the dead one by one so much that this entire movie centers around the aliens barely being able to revive three dead bodies in one tiny hollywood cemetery i get that plan, even though it makes no sense, I understand Bill, that. But I don't know how. Having... Are you saying that they are not astonished and now believe in aliens' existence by ha seeing a bunch of bones in a cave? Despite the, the, all they should be talking about, is like, yeah, every time we turn on TV, everyone's talking about all the footage of that we've seen of all the aliens flying all around the world. But then, yeah, I still don't understand how having Bela Lugosi attack a backyard party and then turn into a plastic party skeleton <laughs> was supposed to advance their alien <laughs> agenda. Like, it's like. I don't know. It's just. I mean, I'm glad it happened, though, because it's worth happening, because it's just such a stiltifying thing to happen in the middle of this movie but oh my one god one of them asks what do you make of that 
And another guy says, You didn't look like that a moment ago. <laughs> no shit, asshole. <laughs> I get, it's one of those things where, like, Edward, like, I could see why he wrote that, but I don't think he was real. I don't think he remembered that he's writing for a visual medium, so he didn't have to reiterate that to the audience. Let's, like, and we get that. That's not. Oh my god. Yeah, they go back to look around the cemetery, and for some reason, bring the pilot and his wife. Yeah, and, and the one, one, uh, the it, army guy's just handing out guns like candy to everyone else. <laughs> and they tell the wife that she could pro should probably stay with the car, and she says, Stay here alone? Not on your life. I and one of the guys goes, Modern women. I yeah, they've been that way all through the ages, especially well, Those are two lines that yes. directly contradict yeah. each other. Yeah, dumb women not wanting to die horribly. And also, could dumb she just women. not have stayed at home because they literally, they drove from their backyard to the other side of the fence to the cemetery. They literally, mm -hmm. it would have taken them less time to just walk, to hop the fence over to the cemetery than quote-unquote drive to the cemetery. So, oh. they, have, they have the loser cop stay with her. That'll yeah. work. And they give the pilot a gun. And go looking. Why not leave the pilot with his wife and have the cops search people. for them? Because you got three people. Have the two guys. Yeah, this, exactly. This movie's dumb. <laughs> so, <sighs> Vampire is stumbling, bumbling around, and they look at Tor's grave and the mark, remark that it's strange. And on the alien ship, they say the humans are getting close, and they must be stopped before they inform the others of them. But I thought you wanted to be discovered for the whole world. Again, the whole really world existed. is still freaking out about the fact that you were just like doing donuts around the Statue of Liberty and now you're worried that people are going to find out that you exist? Like, what? Yeah. So oh, actually, the lady's got nice boots. <laughs> I'm going to point that well, out. She's I, got cool I'm boots. Glad, I'm glad anyway. I heard the T on that sentence. The boots. So, oh, and then, yeah. So, well, she has nice... So they send Tor Johnson after the girl and the policeman and now it's Tor's turn to stumble bumble around. Yeah. And then at the grave... They notice there's a big glowing ball of light off in the distance, so they'll investigate it. This and is be the careful. one good visual effect in in the movie that they reuse a thousand times. Is like you see a distant shot of like a bunch of trees in the distance with a glowing light behind it, which is obviously mm -hmm. just like a cardboard cutout with a flashlight going won't behind it. But it looks pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So Tor Johnson comes up and slaps the policeman down while the lady screams from inside the car. Just, eh, eh, is how I can um, vocalize Joe this Joe goes down. Yeah, this is... Yeah. <laughs> I love Tor Johnson. It's just... <laughs> time to go the, to bed. <laughs> like, and the and lady in the car doesn't do anything. She just waits for him to slowly open the door. And yeah. she just passes out. Like she, It's like she dies from a fart. And yeah, then, yeah. It's, it's just like... Very perkin. <laughs> and then... Do you like the Ikea? <laughs> so... Then the three of, oh, let's see what remember. the three. We're getting to the end. This up, is this is the climax yes, of the film. Yeah. That walk up to the ship and wonder how they can get inside, which the aliens open for them, and naturally they go inside with their guns out. So the lady alien asks them if they have. To, she asks the other alien dude if they have to kill the humans, and he says yes. And isn't it better to kill them now so their meddling won't destroy the whole universe? So the humans come in. With guns pointed at them, making demands. Uh, they all walk closer together, and the alien says they do not need guns. And they say, maybe we think we do. <laughs> Touche? So, that shows them. Yeah, that's... Mm. So the alien says their friends will be joining them soon. Uh, the friends from the car. Well, not the cop. I'm pretty sure Torque destroyed that guy when he slapped him. You know what? But, well, does he come... Do we and, ever see him again? Yeah. Oh, okay. And the humans are real 
douchebags in this scene. Yeah, the guy goes to like the head, the the the, the chief the alien guy. Yeah, the he sees like, hey, we're gonna show you equipment and whatnot. Yeah, we're gonna yeah, show your wife you... on the TV, and the guy shoots the TV control, and the guy's like, motherfucker, I'm just gonna show you your wife <laughs> on the TV. And that's what you want to do. Shoot stuff that you don't know how it's going to react to bullets. Who invited <laughs> exactly, this yeah. asshole? Oh, man. So, so at least they, they, uh, the the image on the TV gets is an excuse for Ed Wood to do his thing that he loved, which is, hey, it's Tor Johnson carrying a half-unconscious lady through the woods. Mm. So. And he's like, don't worry, she's only fainted. So the pilot calls them a fiend, and the alien takes offense to this and calls the humans idiots. And if... All humans in the universe act like Ed Wood wrote them. Yes, it's hard to argue at that point. Uh, just this is not and, when he really then, melts down. So, That's later. Yeah. No, he says all they wanted was peace, but you shit morons just keep making bigger and bigger bombs. You tell that you made the atom bomb. You started with. Oh, this is his big exposition of why they're grenade. doing what they're doing. Okay, and then yeah. You made an atom bomb. Then it wasn't big enough, so you made a hydrogen. Eventually, you'll blow up the solar night. Did you look up to see what they're saying? Solar, solar night. Solar night. Yeah. Sol okay. Sol, solar, and then o night. I think. Okay. And okay. Because uh, even yeah, I will explode sunlight. So the pilot says, "So what if we develop the solar night bomb? We'll be even a stronger nation than now." I that so. is a real knuckle-headed response. I am kind of like in the aliens' corner yeah. in this one, where the guy's like, "Well, that sounds oh, pretty absolutely. cool, actually." And of course, uh, we could just use it when it's dark on our side of the planet. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And yeah, the, what follows is the aliens meltdown, which I still whenever I think of plan nine from outer space, this is the one exchange I always remember is him just saying stronger. Stupid. You see, so you see? stupid. You're, you're stupid minds. Stupid. 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 So He's got a point. He's like turning into who's the bad guy is always trying to kill Bart Simpson. Sideshow Bob. He's turning into Sideshow Bob here. We're so just above well, everyone else and hateful and just like, he's, he's oh, it's so disdainful. Point. It's great. If you were like, hey, you guys could blow up the universe with this weapon, and their response was, that would just make us better. Yeah. Then yeah, they're idiots. And he calls them all stupid, so the pilot backhands the alien. That'll solve the problem. <laughs> yeah, the pilot's not exactly showing a good case for why humanity should not be destroyed here and now. Yeah. yeah. He's like, hey, we wanted peace, but you guys are really violent. And he's like, how dare you? We'll show you violence. <laughs> yeah, exactly, so yeah. So it's because of men like you that you all must be destroyed. Headstrong, violent, no use of the mind God gave you. And they're like, you believe in God too? And he's like, you fuck yeah, baby. <laughs> so... I love the idea that the world that actually just does say that. Fuck yeah, baby. He suddenly <laughs> turns into Lando Calrissian for a moment, but yeah. So that's how you handle things. You guys oh. are pretty violent. If you keep being violent, you'll kill everyone and everything in the whole universe. And then they're like, how dare you? We'll teach you a lesson with <laughs> we'll violence. We'll kill you. Yeah. So he oh. gives them an example, saying, "This uh, here's a ball. Imagine this ball. And imagine gas. He goes into the science teacher the mode, which is great, yeah. And you blow up, you you blow up the gasoline around the, the earth, which is the sunlight, and then the sunlight travels to the sun, and then that blows up, and that blows up the whole universe because the universe is only our solar system, apparently. Well, I, the idea is that like, if you destroy everything that our sun sunlight has touched in the yeah, history no, of the I universe, know. 
you're gonna destroy a pretty, pretty big chunk of the universe. I just love, it is like little kid logic. Cause once you realize that, oh man, you could split an atom. Why could you not split sunlight? And if you could split yeah. sunlight, you could fuck everything up. But even though that's not how, that's not, what? That's not how science works, but I could totally, that follows if you're two year, not two year, if you're 12 years old, that mm -hmm. makes sense. And kind of like, like I have a vague handle on basic science, but not like on, like, that's not really like, it's light waves or things, and it's not like atomic yeah. particles. It's a little bit, yeah, so. So they say this is why humans must be shopped in a friendly manner with all the slaps you idiots are deserving. <laughs> so they call him mad. And the lady alien defends him by saying, Shit, you morons destroy others to save yourself all the time. But no. Again, she's though. not wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And the other alien yells, That's enough! And spins her across the room, which makes the pilot try to punch him for reasons. Uh, for it's the all other the sexist. To hold him back. Well, doesn't even the main alien guy, he's like, well, yeah, Women he says, are for advancing the civilization, not for fighting or something? Not for. F women are for advancing. On our planet, women are for advancing the race, not for fighting men's battles. And I guess that's why you motherfuckers aren't so advanced after all, huh? Plus, so. plus, if that's the case, why is this woman the only other crew member on your ship? Yeah. Why is she there helping you all ass? She's helping you fight, like, kill all the humans. Like, you know, I'm mm -hmm. just, unless she's just, like, the secretary. She's just the support system. But, oh, this movie. So outside, I guess the cop is still alive after getting slapped because now he's in the car. And another cop comes and the he's the in a cop car him, now. Yeah, yeah. He was attacked by Inspector Clay. Talking happens, and they go look for everybody else. And Tor Johnson's still staggering around with the wife. I guess Inside I've been doing the, this for the last half hour. Yeah, yeah. Inside the alien ship, they're all looking out the window wistfully, and he's talking about how everything is gonna be gone someday because the humans are gonna blow it all up. And what? the cop says. You should come down with us down to the police station. And this makes the alien laugh. Ha ha ha. And look out the window. And then Tor Johnson's there holding the wife. Just... And he says, she's just fainted. But if he wants to, he can totally kill her. So maybe they should stop being such assholes. Why are you quiet? Did I'm I just... You? I... <laughs> I miss a roller coaster. Of I'm stymied. Just like the fact that like we're do like just the look <laughs> on Tor Johnson's face, the <laughs> costuming, the set. We're mm -hmm. the like it doesn't look like an alien spaceship, but looks like mm -hmm. a little cabin, and even the tiny little windows. And there's only one open window. And the fact that the cop is not doing anything this entire scene except kind of just standing agog off to... I think this threat to take the alien downtown to the, 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 the cop place. What's the cop house called? The police station? <laughs> it's called the cop house. The cop house! That's where the cops live! <laughs> yeah. um, I love the idea that cops would just bunk their, like, firefighters. All That's, like, the, actually their house. That's where they live. Um, yeah. I just... This... I'm just, I, I'm just a wash in this movie. It really is. It's yeah. not like um, uh, this. Yeah, this, this is a special so, document of human engineering of just yeah. how goofy this film so, is. Okay. The, the the two policemen outside see uh Tor Johnson and knowing that their guns don't work, decide maybe hitting him with a big stick is the answer. Yeah. Well, they kind of. Sure. I don't know if their guns. Oh, that's right. Because I've tried to shoot him before. But yeah. For, yeah. But uh, I love. I forgot that the stick actually works. Well, yeah. Just hit him with what? a big stick. Even it's not even it really works. a stick. They beat him in the head with a wooden wooden thing that looks like a stick. 
or a rubber yeah. thing. So, like, what is the point of an alien army if the dead that you're resurrected, even a giant guy I mean, as big as Tor Johnson, could be knocked out by a rubber stick? It's basically the Simpsons Halloween episode where Mars most scares away everybody with a <laughs> stick with a nail. It really is, because, like, you're, you're, you're just raising this army that is, you've already proven, is way stupider than an actual living creature, but is also just every bit as fragile, if not more fragile, than an actual normal human creature. So, and also the fact that, like, by taking out Tor Johnson, they have just taken out one-third of the alien army on Earth. Because there's only yeah. been three people that managed to resurrect, so... Oh my god. Yeah. And, and they they check on the lady on the ground, but she's ADR'd and is saying she's alright. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah. Others. And oh in the ship, god. the alien says that the cops failed the big one. It must have been the connection. He'll walk again when I turn it back on. What, what are you doing? Why are you what? telling him that you got to turn it back on? Yeah, Shockingly, they don't let him turn it back on. Yeah. So the cops walk up to the ship outside that they can't get in. Inside, the detective is walking the aliens to the doors, and the pilot just punches one of them out of nowhere, and they start fighting. Yeah. Everybody in this spaceship deserves to die. It's... Oh, and okay, you know what? Actually, the fact that the police the police detective is actually trying to haul the guy into jail is actually the last thing he actually does. Because, like, there's this huge fight... The, the female mm. alien is trying to, like, uh, take the... pilot the ship up into the air, and the, yeah. the, 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 the inspector is literally just staring off into the distance while holding the gun <laughs> at an indeterminate sp spot in space while all the shit's going on around him. The other guy's, like, trying to open up the door, and, mm -hmm. like... Uh, that's the most mystifying thing to me in the ending of this movie, is this the police detective is just, like, frozen. I don't know what he's doing, but finally the third guy that they're with is it, like, the other military guy that they're with who's who... Oh, I don't even know what's happening at the end of this movie. But he does get the door open. Well, but pilot guy's the, still fighting the, head the, alien guy. Yeah, the humans get the door open, proclaim that the ship is on fire, and they bail. Looking back at the mask, the quote-unquote, they've made. Yeah, there's a great shot of the pilot kind of looking around going, what the fuck was my deal about? How did it come down to this? <laughs> yeah. The dude alien's knocked out, uh, so the lady alien starts flying the flaming hubcap into the sky. Yeah, she runs over, Out she's like, like, yeah, gets on the controls, everyone comes running out of the ship. Uh, yeah, outside, the detective wonders if that's the last we'll see of them, and the army dude says, perhaps... But sooner or later, there will be others. Well, sure, you just started an intergalactic war. You took out two <laughs> aliens, not a whole planet. Yeah. I, I want a sequel where all the morons in this movie get their comeuppance. And everyone's looking up in the sky, and you see that the hubcap pie plate's on fire, and then suddenly just detonates out of the blue, just explodes. Well, not quite yet. Oh, hey, yeah? Look, Tor Johnson's his bones now. Oh, oh, that's right. Hey, what do you think happened to that lady? Hey, she's probably bones too, for reasons. Because they could only, they only had one skeleton. They couldn't have two skeletons <laughs> on screen at the same time. So they're just like, mm -hmm. that other, other lady character in the movie that did nothing throughout this film other than attend her own husband's funeral. I guess we could mm -hmm. just assume she, she just turned into a skeleton too, I guess. I don't know. We could go yeah. look for her, but who gives a shit? Yep. To be so fair, I mean, they are, they, they, they would be the, the, the preoccupied by the flaming spaceship trying to get the hell out of uh, Earth's orbit, I guess. Yeah, so they look to the sky where it's on fire and it explodes. It is obviously just a pie plate on fire. It yeah. is, oh, it's <laughs> so say, beautiful. We got to hand it to them, though. They're 
Or, okay, I gotta... I, I wrote it down because <laughs> his line read is terrible. Yeah. We gotta hand it to them, though. They... They're far ahead of us. Yes, that's probably why you shouldn't go punching them and ignoring <laughs> their pleas for peace. Please don't blow up the universe. And, and then it ends. Oh, it's, it's just, oh well, wait, no, it doesn't yet. No, it cuts it's from the, the plane, the, the, from, from the UFO exploding straight to well, uh, Chris yeah, yeah, Wall yeah. just saying, "Can you prove that it didn't happen?" Well, <laughs> it's, it's this just... whole movie is 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 a it's it's filled with nothing but most Sizzlacks at the end of the Simpsons episode where they think Mr. Burns is an alien saying, I bring you love and peace, and they're all, kill it! That's yeah, what kinda, everybody yeah. in this movie is. It's fucking terrible. Oh my and then God. the ship explodes, and then, my friends, you have seen this incident based on sworn testimony. Can you prove that it didn't happen? Perhaps on your way home, you will pass someone in the dark, and you will never know it. For they will be from outer space. Many scientists believe that another world is watching us this moment. We once laughed at the horseless carriage, the aeroplane, the telephone, the electric light, vitamins, radio, vitamins. and even television. And now, some of us laugh at outer space. God help us in the future. The end. You got us there, Chriswell. No, indeed. God guys? help us in the future. Who are the future. bad guys? I don't know. Oh Everybody my god. The aliens didn't want anybody to discover them, but they wanted the whole world to know that they existed. But they wanted to enslave the whole human race with undead. But, but it, they, it required but they, them to have one ship with one ray gun slowly resurrecting one person at a time. Mm-hmm. I, I could see maybe... If like it was a zombie, like like as one person killed other people, those other people would be automatically resurrected, like a zombie virus. But no, they they specifically say in the movie like everyone, each each corpse has to re be manually reanimated by their electron gun, and it's just and that's very impractical. <laughs> and uh, just this whole movie is yeah, I mean, you don't go to Plan Nine from outer space expecting logic, but. I want to know what the other eight plans. That was about were. to say. So obviously, the, the, I mean, the, the, this is their ninth plan, and this still hasn't worked. Like we, yeah, like this, the, the aliens have had some problems just even getting this far. But oh, oh my, my gosh, God. Bill! I just, I just went to IMDb and clicked on the goose sections. My computer caught on fire. <laughs> there is a lot of it's it's lengthy. Everything from boom mics and frame to, yeah, of course, basic just. Uh, continuity errors to just yeah like a bit people bitching about how the guns don't make any s oh it just oh my god oh my god play nine from outer space mm-hmm what so what do you it's think bad. yeah it's bad it's bad i'm glad you were entertained by it yeah oh my it's god a, so yeah like i said to behold yeah firework is, yeah. is it his worst movie i mean i've seen glenn or glenda i've seen bride of the monster i've seen Bits and pieces of some of his soft core stuff. Mm -hmm. I I think it's more entertaining than anything else he's done because it's so batshit bazonkers. Probably the monster is actually kind of passable, uh, but it's even slower than this movie because I think it's even longer than this movie too. But yeah, there's a reason why everyone gravitates towards Plan Nine because it is the most entertaining thing he ever did, even if it was by accident. But yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, but yeah, he only did so many. He didn't. He did produce a lot of stuff, but because so much of it was bad softcore porn stuff he did in like the 60s and 70s like yeah he didn't actually make that stuff in the 50s that still kind of survived and so yeah you're kind of stuck with this glenn or glenda or bride of the monster and yeah out of those three things at least i uh, th this is probably my favorite but yeah eh, oof. 
Oof, oof, doofa. <laughs> this is yeah, yeah, yeah. this oof, doofa, the motion picture. Yeah, oh my it's god! A way to close out April. I'm just glad you enjoyed it because, like I said, this is your pick. And yeah. yeah, you were mulling over a whole bunch of different options, and you still mm -hmm. this is this was your first best pick, and you were trying yeah. to find anything better. But I still think yeah, this was yeah, this was a good idea. Oh my god! Yeah, still better than Victor yeah. Victoria. Yep. That's the one takeaway from three years of awful Aprils now is still... Blake Edwards, how badly than... did you fuck up? Yeah, this is still better than Breakfast at <laughs> Tiffany's, for Christ's sake. Oh my god, this is less blazingly racist than Breakfast at Tiffany's. So think, speaking of things that are better, uh, yeah. we're change up format next month. Look at things awful, I'm looking up. Awful April usually typically drains us pretty good. Yeah. What? I don't know how fucking bad podcasts and bad video like do it every week what the fuck is wrong with i guess people? you have to pray that you're gonna find the occasional so bad it's legitimately good movie because yeah. you would imagine that most of the shit you're gonna watch is just gonna be that's the thing like watching bread letter you... media's best of the worst they yeah. watch so much bad shit like they've had this long stretch of like having gimmicks of mm -hmm. how they're gonna choose a bad movie out of a random stash of bad movies, and they've watched so much legitimately bad garbage that they've just gone into, into just like, okay, we've heard these are actually good bad movies now. Like, we're actually cherry picking them because if yeah. we just leave it a, a chance, it's all garbage. Yeah, and I can't. Hmm, I don't know how you survive but, if you're just doing a show like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna change up the format completely next time. But we are still going to be talking about old stuff that it's way past its prime to talk about. That's true. We're yeah. actually going we're actually going to be picking stuff that both Bill and I have seen and we enjoy, but we wouldn't get a chance to talk about otherwise. Yeah. Such as Bill's first pick for the month, <laughs> which would be what what would be Bill? I haven't picked it yet. I do have some ideas. You seem to have chosen what maybe you're be Is there four uh, there's four weeks in May, right? Nope, there's five. We get five picks. Wait, so I get three picks? Yep. <gasps> oh. Which is terrible because I have no pick, no lockdown and, picks. You have to. I, we also, should switch up the order because, yeah, you know what you want to do. <laughs> we're not going to be doing shit like Ghostbusters or Star Wars because those are. We want to do more obscure well, things under... that people might not have enjoyed. <sighs> yeah, I spent a couple hours this afternoon trying to come up with uh, possibilities because your two picks were two things that we love but that we think are both kind of underrated. Although mm -hmm. if you if once we once we start talking about them, I don't think they're going to be underrated to people that we know or whose no. taste line with ours because they're good, but they're just not Which like is fine. Yeah, and because like of course my first couple picks, if we're going to talk about something that I love that I just could talk about forever, and, of course I would pick and, you know the Empire Strikes Back or Back to the Future or something yeah, like that. And but, it, I, it should be noted we both have to like it. Bill's that's that's one of the bit. things because you and I. <laughs> Bill's we, not going to be picking toys. That's that's still Popeye, on my list. Because I'll murder a motherfucker. <laughs> that's the thing that hurts. That's why. I spent an hour, two hours this afternoon going, what could we possibly pick? Well, so, like, I wasn't quite sure if we could have this conversation on air a little bit, because I do have yeah, a bunch of fine. ideas on it. Uh, so, uh, oh, man, I get three choices. That means I got some wiggle room. Um, <laughs> like, we had both mentioned, uh, like, the possibility of Gremlins 2 or Drunken Master 2. I didn't, mm -hmm. I did throw down toys because I was just trying to figure out exactly what it constitutes, and it was the fact that it was, had to be underrated. In fact, actually, I'm yeah. assuming we'll call next month, like, underrated May or something like that, that so, knows. or something like that. It we'll call it May. Yeah. <laughs> um, but have you ever seen Prince of Egypt? No, that's actually on my list for regular. See, that's the thing, shit. and that, I, I mean, and I can't guarantee that you would love it as much as I do because you haven't spent as much time with it as I have. Even if you liked it, you might go, oh, that's okay, but you're not going to be thinking like, oh, yeah, more people need to know about this. Like the Iron Giants. Oh, yeah, Moses. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
Savage Savage with the, like the old robes. He's like, who's the guy who talks for Moses? It's Jeff Goldblum. You have not seen Prince of Egypt, so that doesn't make it. Unless no, you're but big... I know, I know, and you don't. <laughs> who's the spokesperson for you, Moses? You couldn't possibly know the story of Moses. You Actually, you know what? Prince a WrestleMania retelling of the story of the Bible would be amazing. <laughs> That'd be oh, cool. you got it. You could probably actually <laughs> cast and type wrestle... all the characters. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but how do you send a baby down the floating down a river with wrestling? That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> well, you just you just make a movie with wrestlers. Like, it'd be hard to retell the story of the Bible in a wrestling arena. <laughs> I mm. mean, you do have like the entrance music. You could have just someone like in a little fake water, like it'd be like a stage play, like a ba like who do you get your you get like King Kong Bunny, dress him like a baby, put him in a giant basket, <laughs> and have him erupt out of it once the once the basket's delivered to the ring. Oh yeah, my god. Any you, mummies okay. in the background, you could get Ric Flair to play because he is one already. Um, here, oh yeah. So I wrote down Prince of Egypt, anyway. Iron Giant. You've seen the Iron Giant, right? Yeah, but that's, that's not well quite. Known. That's yeah, that's not quite underrated. The Great Muppet Caper, because I was trying mm. to think of Muppet stuff, because we both yeah, love we, Muppet stuff. Yeah. I I only think the Great Muppet Caper. Nobody talks about Muppet stuff. I only even in the, I only think the Great Muppet Caper is underrated just because so many people gravitate towards the newer Muppet stuff. Like if I, if anything, if I ever hear anyone on the internet talking about raving about Muppet stuff, it's usually Muppet Treasure Island and stuff. I'm talking about like first generation Muppets. Well, that's not even first because well, yeah. first generation Muppet stuff was like 1960s coffee commercials and stuff and the Muppet Show. But I was like, well, if I did a Muppet, then Great Muppet Caper wouldn't be a bad choice. Uh, even yeah. then, I put in parentheses Muppet Babies and or Fraggle Rock, but that'd be that's mm. too. TV series are a little... With you having a kid, I don't think we're going to be co covering any more TV shows anytime soon. And yeah. I started thinking about games. I was like, Battle of Olympus or Zelda 2? Mm -hmm. What do you think uh, about those? No, I don't know. <laughs> Definitely not Zelda 2. No! It's good! No, I want to do good stuff. I have one of the things I think is going to be one of my picks. I'm going to skip mm. that for the moment. The stuff... You, we, had met, we had talked about this. Oh, that's right. You hadn't seen the stuff. We had you... talked about it for Awful April. Actually. Okay. Better Off Dead, which you've not seen. Young Guns 2, which you, I'm sure you've not seen and or care about. Last My Action? sister's light watched a lot. Yeah. Last Action Hero? Uh, What about the original Bill and Ted? That's That was one of my... I don't know if that was... If you would consider that original. Like, I mean, enough people love Bill and Ted 2 compared to the first Bill and Ted. That was one of my... And it, I well, didn't write it, it down, but that was my, one of my first ideas. But I wasn't... Because we did have a I great conversation about Bill and Ted 2. Yeah, and, and I also don't... Fuck it, that's going on the list at least. Yeah. It's 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 something that people really talk about anymore. Is also another... It, it, like, it could be a more popular thing, but... If, at the time, but if people don't talk about it anymore, I'm, I think that might be make it passable. So you're saying Bill and Ted might be a, might be a good choice? Yeah, it could be. Because you you don't have to twist my arm to get me talking about Bill and Ted. That's for damn sure. Um, yeah. yeah, Last Action Hero, Casino Royale. Do you care about James Bond or Casino Royale? I have not seen a single James Bond thing. So Oofa we can doofa. Save, um, we can save James Bond. The 1990 live action Ninja Turtles movie. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> your, your ass doesn't seem set on fire by that. This is not a long list. Don't worry. It's not. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of surprised. Okay, because it's used, used, especially with you being younger. I thought you would have been more into that idea than I would be. Oh no! When I saw, I'm gonna put an asterisk on that theater, just for shits and giggles. And and it starts in 
the fucking they're in the sewers and you see their shadows and then they jump around the corner but right before they, they jump in the frame the screen pauses and it says Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and then I just uh, I shit myself all over the theater with excitement <laughs> I was just like oh fuck it's happening are you serious or are you being sarcastic uh, 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 there's some hyperbole I'm some I'm hyperbole, hyperbole, hyperbole but hyperbole. yeah you're not like yeah. okay 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 <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't actually shit action. myself in the theater. Yeah, you turned into a I, fucking... I was like, oh, fuck, Raphael's like, damn, a punch. What was the thing that you could put in your yard that would spray water all over the place, except it would be, f like, you could fill it with diarrhea? Not a wacky wall walker. <laughs> what? <laughs> there was a thing that you could put in your yard in the 80s and 90s where it was, like, this clown thing that had, like, uh -huh. these rubber hoses sticking out of its feet that you would uh -huh. stick, like, an actual uh, water hose into it, and it would shoot the water wacky water wiggler with, but like... you it would was... fill it with diarrhea? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You would shit, like, diarrhea like that all, but all over the theater. Oh. <laughs> okay, you've never seen Tokyo Godfathers. Um, no. Only yesterday, that would be so boring. And I'm mm. sure you've never even seen it. This mm -hmm. this is not this is the opposite of underrated, but still this is mm, and you don't have enough time to replay it too. But this is still something I just felt obligated to throw down because this is something I would love to talk about sometime. Mario 64. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess you could say it's underrated compared to the more recent Mario's, especially like Mario Galaxy and stuff. But yeah, even then, that got me thinking about Donkey Kong 94, the game Game Boy game. 94. 94. Not, oh, not, 94, 94. Yeah, 94. Yeah. 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 yeah um, Beetle Adventure Racing, that's my own personal being an idiot. Yeah. I've worked on Mario 64 twice. <laughs> oh, you love was it. Really, uh, Fable and Fable 2, because I was thinking about anything that just showed up on ba on Xbox 360 backwards compatibility, too. Mm. And then that got me right to think about Crackdown. But that's my list so far. Mm. Um, hmm. Actually, so actually, just even this conversation here, unless we do Gremlins 2, Drunken Master... Oh, Baron... Mm, I okay no actually out of this list I know that I think I might unless we, unless we haggle and we do something that's like we just split down the middle and like the third one is well I guess we're both choosing things that we both like so there's no real haggling, haggling to be done I think I might know what okay hmm fuck do I commit mm. fuck <laughs> shit it's the this is not like you're choosing between your children <laughs> I know it's actually because I've got three okay 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 did we see anything better than Okay, fuck it. You know what? Next week is Baron Munchausen, the adventure Baron zone. Munchausen. Okay. Okay, that that was already part. Always our original plan. Beautiful, lady. beautiful. <laughs> it all stems from us saying that. Constantly. Yeah, really. That's at least that was code word. We understood what like you know, that was one of our first like friendship making moments. It was beautiful. Lady. Oh, actually, we're talking about. It. I get that reference. <laughs> so my picks might be. Okay, I, I've highlighted the three picks I might have been to. I, there, there's a third pick I didn't mention, which I think is a lock that I will not keep, keep it as a surprise, but I'm assuming you've seen that you like, but we'll talk about that off, off, mm. off camera because I think... Debbie Does Dallas. Uh -huh. What's the movie where uh, Patrick Stewart gets infested by the lady of an alien vampire and goes nuts? Life oh force? shit, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> anyway, but yeah. Well, okay, so at least next week we'll be... Well, yeah, we're gonna be. We're, this is a real break of format for us because this is something that we've both seen a billion times. And oh man, I need to download. Oh, it's gonna be a fun editing week next week. Baron Munchausen. Yeah, and it, it'll be a good, you know, practice that we can make fun of stuff we really like too. Yeah, there's some dumb shit in that movie. 
they're not dumb super shit. dumb shit in that movie. But there's pokey stuff. You know, it's a little silly. It's a silly movie. Well, it Let's put that No, like, stuff doesn't have to be bad or pokey or whatever to make fun of it easily, you know. Oh, uh, there's a harem full of fat ladies in that movie. I mean, plus it's directed by Terry Gilliam. I mean, there's no material there at all <laughs> That's right now. true. Uh, yeah, I guess this will also be us celebrating the, the... I guess he's actually coming out with that goddamn Don Quixote movie, so... Mm. Oh, my God. That uh, work well for him. Anyway, he's muttering on Twitter. I'm the Grumpy Turtle on Twitter. We're Tardy Podcast on Twitter. TardyPodcast.com. Oh. If you got some underappreciated <laughs> movies, do you think that we might actually go, Oh, fuck, we didn't think about that. Which yeah. is kind of Bill's M.O. Yeah, feel free to let us know about What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, there's so many good things out there. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I literally spent the last month worrying about this stuff, and I'm glad to see you have have my three picks kind of penciled in now. So okay. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Even though I didn't know yeah. I, I had three picks until two minutes ago, but okay. Yeah, so next time we're gonna have some fun with Baden Muchausen. Baden Muchausen, the 1989 yeah. hit. I believe it's 1989 hit. Yes. Hit. Starring That's John Neville and uh, Uma Thurman and Oliver Eric Reed Idle. and Eric Idle and Jack Purvis and Robin Williams. Ro- oh God, that's Rob. Mm. <laughs> Forgot about that part. Man, they get mm-hmm. to the moon and it has a little like party music. <laughs> yep. It's gonna be good times. I love the adventures of Baron Munchaus. Okay. Mm-hmm. The end. Yep, that'll be next time. So, and, and that'll take place in the future, oh. which you will hopefully be joining us in the future when we look forward to the future and watching movies from the past, but we will discuss them next week in the future. So until then... Filmed in Hollywood, California. Until then... Goodbye, is Edward. <laughs> you had a bunch of Okay, I was like, I thought you had a thing. I thought you had a button for this. No, <laughs> we already had one uncomfortable silence in this episode. We can't end it with one too. I was just kind of going. And yeah. Until then, this God is help us this all. is how Edward writes dialogue. It's just utterances. It doesn't mean anything. We're both just trying to outdo each other a little bit. Like yes, <laughs> reference to the thing we just talked about. Yeah, until next time, keep filling your pills of pop culture in the future. Goodbye, everybody from the past. Okay, take care, guys. Ugh.